0: the chair shop podcast is back it is a monday evening uh the three of us are here to talk about a bunch of wrestling and a bunch of life guff and a bunch of other guffs. i'm one of your hosts barry murphy joined as always by my ever dependable co-hosts first of all mr paul griffin
1: i'm here barry how are you
0: i'm alright. i'm not too bad good
1: good that's what i want Uh, to hear
0: yeah i've got i i uh, I bought some new candles yesterday which i have lighting Ooh. Um, very 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 you know very muted. They are, uh, I think they are some version of vanilla. I don't need any kind of overpowering cherry smell in my bedroom. But, you know, it's calming. I like it. So I'm, chi- I'm chilled out here getting ready to talk about some wrestling with my pals. Um, we are also joined by Mr. Joe Towner. Good evening, Barry.
1: Are you a candle man, Joe, as well?
2: Ooh, I'm a candle in the wind. Like Lady die I'm dead. <laughs>
1: i do enjoy a candle i must say um especially little tip here for yourself barry um especially if if i'm in the mood for a, a nap i'll just put a wee candle on i find oh. that a little bit no. dangerous though you wake up to a, a you know burn down house yeah. but yeah. don't worry about that yeah. just put the candle in a little ceramic bowl
0: and you'll be happy.
2: yeah sure rested
0: oh yeah I'm a, I'm a very nervous Nelly when it comes to um, leaving appliances on and leaving candles unattended and things like that, especially because my room is quite small. Mm. So while I would say, I wouldn't say it's hovering directly above it, but like if a gust of wind were to knock my candle over, it's very close to my laundry basket. Um, so, you know, I, I you know. I would be. I mean, I, it's a fucking tiny little candle and it is, in fact, in a, a kind of some kind of raised bowl type thing, right. gimmick. A, a candle holder, I believe they call it in Duns. Um <laughs>
1: Includo, that's what they call it. Yeah,
0: included. <laughs> in Euro for the wax, the wick, and the little glass thingy it comes in. Yes, boss, thank you, sir. Um, uh, but yeah, that's candle goff anyway for the week. Uh, on the subject of just, like, uh, you know, shit going on in our lives, how's the old life, goff gents? I've had a... Um, uh, not right, a uh, uh, couple of couple of weeks, because I actually, yeah, I wasn't on the show last week. Uh, yeah, I wasn't on the show last week, but uh,
1: yeah, I don't think... We well, didn't do much one right. last week, so...
0: That's but, oh, that's right, yeah, because I was away and then you took the week off, you had the old... Uh, I right was away,
1: and Joe... Were you unwell, was it? I don't remember what the reason I was,
2: was. a sickly
1: boy. So Joe was sick, um, and I had... I stayed up the Saturday night to watch the UFC. Um waste of time spoiler uh and then i was real tired so we didn't do one there you go but to make it up sorry we'll, we'll get to you now in your sickness in a second joe um to make it up i did get the podcast up on spotify so we're, if you want to listen to us on spotify you can do oh. that now just search our podcast
0: just search
2: what?
0: That's yeah. so coming up in the world. can you you can't just add an RSS feed to Spotify, can you? Like as in I as in a user can't just grab the RSS feed of my favorite podcast and put you, it in Spotify. You uh, um okay. I was I'm looking for a new podcast catcher gimmick for my phone and I was like well everyone seems to like um uh Google Podcasts. Because the what oh, yeah. I have a third party app thing. It's and it, it was great for years, but it's just gotten very buggy and I'm like, okay, these guys, I don't know if these guys are just not updating this as much anymore, but it's very glitchy. So I was like, I'll get Google Podcasts. But it it, it, it has a, a store and the podcast has to be on that store um for you to to get it. Um yeah. and I have a few like like Patreon gimmicks where it's like oh you know we're not on stores because obviously this is for this is for private members only so you have to copy and paste this rss feed it doesn't have that you can't paste the feed in what kind of world we live in in these days anyway so i'm still using my old busted old fucking podcast catcher i think spotify
1: spotify is the best way to listen to the podcast because it actually updates all the new artworks onto it so you can see every funny artwork we do and it shows you the rundown of the show so yeah. you get all the extra little tidbits not just the actual MP3 with the old CSP logo you get all the, all the bits and bobs so listen to us on Spotify just search for podcast on Spotify and have a listen say there you go yeah. yeah add it to your queue or whatever i don't know how it works
0: or what or however it works on Spotify none of us use it but you know um but yeah uh, whatever whatever pod whatever service you're using leave us an L review or whatever as well so those old people to do that I
1: again as well we're still on iTunes. it have been on iTunes for fucking
0: eight years or whatever. Ten motherfucking years almost at this stage. But uh well, now yeah, it's like Spotify and Stitcher as well. Is next is next week our nine year anniversary? Is that February early February, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, be, uh, nine years. Same. Christ <laughs> almighty, nine <laughs> years. Can you believe it? I mean honestly, can you believe it? I mean, really. Um uh, anyway uh joe what about you so so you've been an unwell boy uh anything else going on in your life are you are you being tended to uh, uh, like uh, not s-
2: really. uh i was off um took my only my second ever sick day at this job uh, in three years so that's a pretty good record wow. um but i was, yeah I i've already
1: two sick days this year so
2: well, You're a lazy motherfucker
1: uh, we talked uh, about myself. my sickness the last podcast we did didn't we, we Oh, so go on, what did you have, Joe?
2: I, you know, head, head and nose thing with right. the blockages. Uh, oh, wow. actually, I actually got up on the Monday and got ready to go to work. Because I'd been ill over the weekend. And on Monday, I was like, uh, I feel all right. And I got up and went. And I got halfway to the train station. And I thought, uh, fuck this. I'm just going to get to work. It started starts to feel ill. Uh, I think it's the cold weather. Yeah, up, well, up. that's, that's yeah.
1: exactly the pretty much the circumstances sorry I might my illness the week before so I don't know whether it's just a thing that people are getting this time of year obviously you're across the old Irish sea but it might have spread maybe there's, yeah maybe there's something going around ferry. Something like that. Hmm.
2: Um, yeah and then uh Michelle herself was uh sick as well I um, don't oh, know where were you sick from were you were off Friday she was off Friday. She was a bit ill Thursday then. She had Friday off because she was very sick poorly. And not used to this, you know, cold weather. Yeah. Uh, yeah making the lungs all cold. So she's been ill all weekend. Um it was also a little birthday on Saturday.
1: Happy birthday <laughs> to
2: you. And yeah. Michelle. She had little treats and everything. she spoiled rotten. Took her out for steak. Ooh. Steak dinner. Ribeye steak. Ow! <laughs> um, and yeah, she got lots of little cards and some flowers, not from me, from someone else. But anyway, wait a minute, uh, my friend, my friend who always sends flowers. Um, yeah, but you know, so she was sick, but we did have a nice day anyway. We kind of still sort of went out and had a nice day, I and mean, then Sunday just sick was sick all day, just rested. You know. Yeah. Uh, it's fine. Yeah, it's good. one on that.
1: And were you both off today as well? W- were we all off today? All three of us.
2: I made her go back she in today. Her. Okay. Um. Yeah. So back back in the you'll get back on the horse, won't you? you know, what I mean, work work to be done out there. People, come on, productivity
0: and all that. I am. Um, I've got a, a load of um, sort of like. Things coming up in you know, this year, trips, kind of mainly wrestling related and, and, and stuff like that. And I was kind of looking at the lay of the land and, and, you know, rationing my, my time off. And I was like, you know what? I just can't afford to take time off to watch these WWE shows that I'll probably not even really enjoy anyway. Um, uh, and I, Watching it like at regular human hours, even still, I'm like, holy shit, the Royal Rumble was four hours and 53 minutes long. Not a chance I would have stayed awake through the whole thing um, if I stayed up for it. So I would have taken the day off for basically nothing. Oh, um, yeah. so. And WrestleMania as well. I mean, WrestleMania looked great on paper last year, then it was shit. Well, I listen,
1: listen to what I watched yesterday before I hear from her. Right? I didn't stay up Saturday night. So what I watched on Sunday was Uh, The go-home episode of NXT, NXT TakeOver, which was about two hour and a half, and the entire seven hour, whatever it was, War Rumble, uh, show, including the pre-shows. Including the pre-show? Oh my god. So I'm fucking burned out on wrestling, so don't come to me with your little four hours. What do
0: you mean? I'm obviously more burned out. I didn't watch all that shit. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> who watches the pre-show? Honestly,
0: well, yeah. Who, who watches? Is... I mean, listen. I I love me. I love me my little small boys. I love Buddy Murphy. All right, I'm a, be of, I'm a big champion of. I'm champion of the two or five boys. But uh, who could possibly give a fuck sitting through f- sitting through Sam Watts' face and uh, uh, McAfee Security Center? I mean, just oh <laughs> my god, biggest pair of dorks. Oh god. <laughs> Like, like, thank God, thank God, Charlie Caruso is there to bring some charisma to proceedings. Um, Sam, Sam, what, how does Vince McMahon let Sam Roberts on his broadcast? Look, at I don't it.
1: think Sam Roberts was on this one.
0: Funnily enough, he was, he was, he. he oh no, sorry, he was on the Takeover one. He okay. was, uh, he I didn't was. She talked Bianca Belair for no reason. Um, but anyway, we'll get to all the wrestling stuff later. So, Paul, you must be exhausted.
1: I'm quite tired. Yeah, um, I woke up at about. At, uh, half eleven today, just sick, just sick. I couldn't tell if it was sick of tiredness, or sick of all the sweets I ate. Probably the f- the the latter. But uh, what was
0: was the sweet rundown?
1: Oh God, I don't remember. Um, it's it's like you know when you go out and you have a heavy night drinking, and you, you, what did I even drink? What did I even drink last night? I have that now with sweets. It's like just a, a blur of chocolate and. <laughs> just the eight chocolate oranges for me last night that's all uh, okay hang on, hang on hang on hang on i had um <laughs> i had one can of coke i had a crisp sandwich that was, that was the last thing i ate that was about three in the morning i had um i had half a bag of like the terry's chocolate orange mini things that i've had for weeks so it was the whatever the last half to third of it, I had I got I got one of those big. Um, I still have it here. Hang on, I got one of those big, uh, uh, Swizzle's sweet shop favorites. you know these kind of? It's like a it's like a same size as a tub of roses, and it has like drumsticks, um, squashies, which is a CSP favorite, of course. Double of course, dips. Yeah, love- I I tell you what, I ate about. Three things out of it. Now I have this big tub of sweets I don't want. Um, oh, the smell! Of that is gonna make me throw up again. Um, and I had, I had a takeaway chips and a burger. I think that was it. But um, woke up today, tummy was not not the best. Um, and I had, you know, when you wake up and you're feeling a bit ill, and you say, "Look, I'm not gonna throw up. I'm gonna get through this." And then you inevitably kind of throw up, and you're. Oh. I I didn't. I wasn't sick today. So I, I, I kept it together. I did lie in bed for about f- four hours until the feeling kind of subsided and then got up and took the train back here because I watched, I, I watched the Rumble show with my brother uh, yesterday. Um, but too much sweets, too many sweets. That, that was the, the lesson learned. Too much rest and too many sweets. And the, other, the third lesson learned is that I'm getting to an age now where I really can't stay up and watch these shows anymore. Oh, yeah. Because I watched the UFC the week before with their new horrible belt. Oh, they're dreadful. They're dreadful belt. And uh, a pretty dreadful show, to be fair as well. And then this week I stayed up for for Royal Rumble. I I, I wasn't going to be able to do TakeOver as well. So I said to my brother, look, I'll I'll come down Sunday and we'll, we'll watch TakeOver before the Rumble. As opposed to staying up Saturday night, staying up Sunday night, and just being completely fucked um, today. But I find it harder and harder now to recover after being up till five in the morning. I'm just I'm just completely drained the next day. I I find it very hard to manage. Whereas WrestleMania around the corner, obviously I I don't have the Monday after WrestleMania off, so I'm really going to have to consider what am I going to do? Because <laughs> if I try and stay up, I will be fucked. I will be fucked badly so i might have to um retire from the old staying up in the middle of the night because i really can't do it anymore and i'm only 30 i'm not (laughs) like 50 year old man here Um, but it's
0: it's uh, part of being that age i think that's yeah
2: yeah Uh, so it doesn't help that the shows are fucking terrible
1: and 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 they're so long WrestleMania
2: 17 i would fucking stay up and watch it wouldn't i (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, not to, not to jump too far ahead here, but, like, we were watching the Rumble pay-per-view yesterday, and there's, like, three matches before one of the Rumbles even started, and then Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles start having a fucking 40-minute-long match, or what seemed like 40 minutes. Oh, I was like, how long is this show? How can it still be going? And then they have another match, and then another Rumble. Oh, man. Um, anyway, we'll talk about the Royal Rumble later. I would love. I would
0: love. It, I would love it, if it was like. Um, uh, and then Elias is doing a fucking suck. Come on! <laughs> it's five in the morning. It's like two two rumbles. But see, this is I would like two rumbles and two title matches, like a men and a women. Well, the historically, yeah,
1: I mean, historically, wasn't it? It would be like one rumble match because the pay per view is already three hours long. One rumble match and your title match and maybe two others. You know, that, that that's enough.
0: But I know I I like the idea that. Of the, I mean, I like the idea of the two rumbles. I like the... But I would just have...
1: Like, bookend. Match. Bookend the pay-per-view with the rumbles.
0: Yeah, it's bookend the rumbles, and in the middle you have a men's title match and a women's title match. But, of course, that's complicated now because we have the brand split again. Um, so it's just... They just have too much to squeeze in. It's, it's, to be fair, it is extremely difficult to, like, feature everyone that you need to feature and also have two hour-long matches. I mean, that's that is tough, but, you know... <laughs> I don't know. Anyway you notice like- that in, lately,
1: they always have the Rumble start with like a promo. Like both the men and the women's <sighs> this year yeah. did. And I think also last year one of them did. Because my, my brother, fair enough to him, predicted that Elias would be one of the first two. So he could come out and do a promo. And he was dead right. That's exactly what happened. What, what happened to the old days of number one and number two, and they would just come down and start wrestling, and the match would start? Not <laughs> not a ten-minute segment before the Rumble. Come on! Oh,
0: interminable. Yeah. Anyway. Well, uh, with all that said, happy birthday, Michelle, by the way.
1: Happy um, birthday, Michelle. From all of
0: us here at CSP, um... Let's, uh, let's jump into our other, uh, our other little guffs here. Uh, who's been watching a bit of telly this week? I've watched a bit oh. of telly, would you believe? Yeah.
2: Oh, oh, and I, I watch. never
0: watched telly. Um,
1: inspired by the trailer for Us, which is coming out next year, or this year now, it's 2019 already, um, and Get Out, which I'm very fond of, I did dip my toe into um, Key and Peel. Hmm. Which, of course, is the comedy sketch show that Jordan Peele kind of made his name on after Mad TV. So, I don't know. Have you guys watched Peel? Peele? Very select clips. Yeah, just clips. Uh, so, I started watching it in, in our little highest there. I've, I've already watched the first three seasons of it. Wow. Oh. Which, for me, is kind of crazy given the, the leisurely <laughs> pace at which I watch TV. Uh, I just have them all on my tablet. They're only 20 minutes long. On my way into work, I'll get maybe two episodes watched. During my lunch, I'll watch an episode. Uh, on the way back, I'll watch an episode or two. So I'm finding it very easy to just power through it. I'm on the season three finale now. Um, and I, I mean, like all um, sketch shows, it's kind of you know, hit and miss, depending on the topic that they're doing. But I do, I do find both Key and Peel pretty funny. And when it's good, it's very good. I, I'm laughing, you know, heartily at it. But also, it's <laughs> at times, like, very cinematic. And you can definitely see how Jordan Peele, while making this um, comedy variety show, was <laughs> secretly kind of honing his directorial skills. Um, there's some segments of it, Some little segments they do are kind of like little horror movies. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm very, very much enjoying it. I'll have it finished before too long and I'll have to check out also Keanu which was the movie they brought out before uh, Jordan made Get Out so i enjoyed enjoying that a lot um, otherwise I haven't watched much much of else but uh, that's a good it's definitely a, a fun, easy to watch show if you're in the the market for something like that and it's only five seasons long
0: that's all I've watched what about you Joe? watch you watch TV?
2: Um, started watching, uh, Big Little Liars, which is a HBO show with uh, a load of uh, women in it, um, Nicole Gidman. uh, Reese Witherspoon, uh, what's the other one, Shanae or something? Uh,
1: Woodley.
2: Shit, yeah, you don't know. Um, anyway, it's got some women in it, and it's a bit of a, it's a setting, Laura it's Dern. very, what?
1: Laura
2: Dern. Oh yeah, Laura Dern. um. It's, it's set in a very kind of fancy uh, California coastal town with all these very rich, posh people, and there's oh. some crime that's been committed. Uh, you don't exactly know what's happened, but it's kind of it then goes back and looks at the events, kind of building up to it. Uh, it centres around these different women and their kids and their husbands' relationships and stuff. It's it's very interesting, very good. It's a bit of a mystery to it. Uh, we're about halfway through it, um, and I'm quite excited to see what happens um so if you haven't checked that already i would i would recommend that it's only seven episodes long it's kind of a you know, mini series okay. um that's very good it's very good
1: so are you watching um, the first se- season of that or Cause yeah second second, second one is coming out or is that already
2: i, I believe so yes you're correct paul okay. um but i haven't see- i didn't see the first one uh, Michelle's a big fan of it, so she's re-watching it. But uh,
1: yeah, it's good. It's good. Yeah, I've heard very, uh, very
2: good things about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, also watched um, the Twitter phenomenon that is the Netflix Fire Festival documentary. Oh. Um, I thought it was really, really uh, enjoyable. Um, a, a large uh, dose of schadenfreude. Watching people who can afford to <laughs> spend twenty grand to go to a festival, um, being left to fend for themselves in a hurricane tent with a cheese sandwich—it <laughs> um, it, it really is quite grotesque. Some of it, like the the wealth and the the influencers and all this money and this this idea you can buy this perfect lifestyle, but on the other hand, also kind of interesting. I didn't know there was so much kind of behind it um have you have you guys watched it yet
1: no i very badly want to watch yes. it i just haven't had a chance yet.
2: to watch it okay you need to watch it but there's this guy who was the, the kind of promoter and the brains behind it not Jarl, the, the other guy uh it's called billy mcfarland um he's supposedly like a tech entrepreneur and it was, it was kind of his brainchild and it's mainly about him and it's 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 Really interesting kind of seeing the the genesis of it and the way he deals with people. Watch or watch it, you'll kind of know what I mean. Um, But yeah, that was really, really good. Really, really well put together. They had access to a lot of the kind of key people that were involved. Um, I think the only controversy is that this, the Netflix version was produced by Jerry Media, who are this kind of marketing uh, agency. They actually did the marketing campaign for the Fire festival so they did all the social media and the ads and that kind of thing and mm-hmm. um, some people are a bit upset that they are now the ones kind of telling the story and obviously uh, absolving themselves of responsibility to a degree um having said that it was still a really really good documentary um there's also you might have heard there was a hulu uh, documentary that came out exactly the same time um managed to get hold of a copy of that as well and watched that uh, wasn't anywhere near as good in terms of like production values and in terms of uh, the access to people, things like that. But it did give a kind of another side to the story, so it was very interesting to watch um, and get that kind of alternative view. Um, so I'd say worth kind of watching both. The Netflix one's definitely the better production, but it's kind of good to see both to get to get both sides of the argument. Uh, I'd, I'd recommend recommend both of those both kind of enjoyable and such a kind of unique weird uh new story as well
0: Alrighty, uh some good stuff there i finished uh always sunny season 13 um on netflix which is added there a few weeks ago uh kind of middling i i, I laughed at some stuff no, it wasn't any kind of blow away um uh, season i thought the last episode is pretty incredible and it, it ends very very strongly um i i I'd heard the ending was somewhat notorious uh, it's great it is it's really really fantastic. It might be one of the series peaks, but uh, it capped off a uh, pretty pretty mess season a watchable but pretty mess season um i think I, I think I had started this the last time the show I finished you on Netflix, which is kind of the the hot teen show at the moment yeah. the hot thing that has the, the teens buzzing um it's pretty good uh, it um i think it kind of lost its way around it's about it's about 10 episodes i think it lost its way kind of around 6 or 7 it kind of it, it's kind of absurd early on but it kind of really leans into the absurdity later on uh, uh you know it's 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 kind of one of those things where the the protagonist is just, like, getting away with so much that it, it stretches the, the the believability of it um, to kind of a crazy degree. Because um, this isn't some, I mean, I, there's some comparisons to, like, Dexter that people have made and stuff. But there's a lot of stuff early on in the show where they're kind of they're, they're doing their best to make you aware that, okay, well, you know, this guy, he's not a genius. You know, he's not a criminal mastermind. He's kind of a, a, a weirdo stalker. Who, who acts out at certain points and kind of gets away with things by the skin of his teeth. But by the end of the season, it's kind of like, oh, okay, actually, no, I guess he is some kind of like genius uh, criminal mastermind because, um, the, the way the story unwraps, it, it just kind of loses the run of itself. But with all that said, I thought it was very, very entertaining, uh, pretty easy watch. I, 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 I got through it fairly quickly or, or pretty quickly by the standards of, of the time it takes me to watch things these days. Um, A lot lot of interesting themes, obviously some really good characters, some good performances. Uh, I like the soundtrack a lot. Uh, Yeah, good watch, really good watch, and I'm I'm interested to see what they do with the the second season. And I started and finished Punisher Season 2, which is one of the remaining stragglers of the Marvel-Netflix relationship. Uh, And it was not as good as Season 1, but it was more of the kind of... uh, uh, kind of... Loud, gory, kind of uh, uh, what would you even call it? Almost B movie esque kind of comic book uh, fun. It, it was really great. It's 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 really one of one of the more like I love season 1 as well so this the whole show was kind of one of the more pleasant surprises because it was not a not a character I thought would be especially good for any kind of extended run of a TV show but I uh, really really enjoyed it don't want to get too much into particulars i think people will like it if they check it out for themselves but uh yeah i hope i hope it survives the current uh netflix marvel cull cuz i'd love to see more of it um uh, without having to wait for disney to like resurrect it in a few years on their service but um yeah, that's what I've been watching this week. Um, I haven't restarted really anything else new at the moment, um, so so that's it. Uh, is that all our? Is that all our telly, Yep. What about music guff? Ah, uh,
1: music. Now, I don't know you about you, Barry, you Joe, uh, but I listen mm. to music, and there's two new musics watching come <laughs> out this week, and I listen to the two of them. Uh, so first of all, I suppose this is the one that most people out there will have maybe heard. Uh, Weezer brought out a new album in the week, which they called the Teal Album, which is yeah. essentially just an album of covers, right? Yeah. Um No, I'm, I'm a fan of Weezer. I wouldn't call myself a, a huge fan. I like most of their singles. I like a few of the album tracks, but I'm not someone who will dip into their discography that often. But I saw this without. I saw this, I saw the track listing. More or less, know all the songs. I said, "Okay, I'm interested to hear Weezer's take on these songs." So I booted up Spotify. How do we listen to it now? Um, it's it's kind of weird. This this album. I can't really tell you till now what side of the fence I fall on, and I'll explain why that is. Um the 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 problem, first of all, with the album generally, is that Weezer Weezer have never been a band to me that have had a really distinct style mm. They're just kind of a a poppy indie band with a and I don't want to get too much flack for this and not that good singer
0: Wow <laughs> I would agree, I would agree, yeah, go on
1: Um and because of that, and, and if you haven't listened to this album, go go give it a listen. I find that a lot of the uh, a lot of the covers sound too close to the original songs, to the point that I would just go and listen to the originals. Like um, take on they do a version of Aha's "Take on Me," right? So I'm thinking to myself, okay, how are Weezer gonna, you know, Weezerify the that song? Uh, and the answer is they just play it exactly as Aha play it. And it's, <laughs> it sounds like they took the instrumental from the original song and just had Rivers Cuomo sing over it. That's not, that's not really what I want from a Weezer album, to listen to um, yeah. other people's songs, <laughs> essentially.
0: Yeah, what do you want from a Weezer album these days?
1: I don't know. I mean, to be fair, there's one track on it that I did really enjoy. I thought their version of Happy Together was pretty good. You know, But like, I'm gonna play it through my microphone here, so hopefully it picks it up. Uh, just the the start of "Take on Me" by Weezer, not by Aha. Okay, just in case you get confused, this is the Weezer version of the song. Is that coming through okay? Yeah. All right, we'll we we'll get to the bit now that you recognize here. Do you see what I mean?
0: They just go like human type typing. Uh, take on me, instrumental. <laughs> take on me, karaoke version.
1: Um, that's just one example, but that's kind of the problem of the album. Especially with um, they do a version of uh, Michael Jackson's Billie Jean. <laughs> Bad timing, sorry for that, lads. Um, but they're even doing like, woo! and stuff. It's like, you're doing a Michael Jackson impression. Do the song the way you guys play it. Don't do the Michael Jackson version of the song. So, it's it, like I say, it's a bit of a conundrum because I, I like the songs. And so I'm kind of naturally inclined to enjoy what I'm hearing. But I wish that it was more Weezer sounding. And it really, really isn't. Um, so a bit of a letdown in that aspect. Uh, if, if you like Weezer, maybe you'll enjoy it. The people I've spoken to about <laughs> it in person... I um, actually have quite enjoyed it. It was funny because as I was talking to somebody, they they mentioned to me that Weezer did a version of Tony Braxton's mid-90s hit Unbreak My Heart, mm-hmm. which was on one of their last albums. And I listened to that as I was on my break at work. And I was like, this is better than anything on their new album. This is because it's, it's that song, but it sounds like a Weezer song. And unfortunately to me, nothing on the Teal album really does. Um, also, CKY bought out a new EP just today, as a matter of fact. Oh, I listened to it twice on the train, and uh, I quite enjoy it. It doesn't sound a lot like what classic CKY do sound like, so if anyone out there enjoys the old CKY sound,
0: that's good. <laughs> well, like sounds like what you want to do is just listen to some old albums from these artists.
1: I think so. I think so. No, but I, I, I quite like the new CKY album, but a lot of people at least that I've seen online are kind of against it because it has a a much different sound than what CQI used to sound like but I quite enjoy it, it's only four uh, tracks long so it's a very quick listen but I thought it was pretty good Um, and that's all the music I've heard this week so I don't have any other real takes but uh, do check out uh, the version of Happy Together by Weezer on that album. it's very good apart from that, just listen to the originals don't bother your time
0: all right, uh, I um, I played some, I played a video game this week. Tell yeah, me about it. Dusted. Off, I quite literally dusted off the the old PlayStation Four. I never. Um, uh, I don't think I finished any of the games I set out to finish in twenty eighteen. I, I haven't gone back to Red Dead in weeks. Uh, I still haven't finished Hitman. Uh, you know, and I was kind of like, ah, oh, I should finish those before I. Before I buy a new game. Then I was like, actually, no, I shouldn't. I should play Resident Evil because it looks good. So I got Resident Evil Two. Right. Uh, so this is the uh long, long, long uh uh pined for remake of uh, you know, what some people would call one of the best games ever. I actually never even played it uh originally. Uh Resident Evil Two. Uh I'm about two hours in, uh, I'm pretty early, but I am absolutely loving it so far. Um so obviously they've built it from the, you know, this isn't any kind of remaster. This is a, this is a new video game that follows the the plot of the original game. That's it. Um, uh, they've built it up in this really tremendous, gorgeous looking engine. I mean, it, it's, it's, um, uh, I would say it's like, the, I would say it's as like detailed in terms of like, character faces and things like that as like God of War, but like, I, I feel like there's a real uh, naturalness to the way the characters move uh, and, mm-hmm. and, and look. Uh, you're, it's in a you know it's in a, a, a rainy, zombie-infested sort of New York esque city called you know called Raccoon City, and it just looks great. You got all the neon lights, all the wet surfaces, all the the fire and the debris everywhere. Um, uh, you're in this kind of ornately designed old museum converted into a p- uh, police uh, station uh you know and all all these kind of cool ideas from the original game just brought forward in this really really stunning engine and and the gameplay is just really really solid they've taken the core thing of these games from 20 years ago which is kind of running around trying to solve puzzles get items and sort of bobbing and weaving in and out of enemies because you have you know x amount of ammo and you know twice as many enemies so kind of the um the old fight or flight reflexes are kicking in you've got limited inventory space you're trying to shuffle things around like shit should i take the should i take these bullets or do i take this quest item really really that same core idea is in this game they've just modernized it with a um uh you know controls and stuff like that obviously so the original re2 is like set camera angles tank controls uh, you're not you're not aiming your weapon per se. it's extremely archaic whereas this is like your more modern traditional game over the shoulder camera uh you know hold l two to raise your gun right stick and aims you know it it plays a little bit more traditionally like that um but it's it's a a really fantastic melding of old and new and i I'm really loving it i I can't wait to to, to get stuck into more of it and i hope that this is a formula they stick to uh, going forward, because I, I haven't played all the Resident Evil games, but I've played quite a few of them, and um, they're kind of all over the place. They've they, That series has gone in so many different directions over the years, and, and I liked Seven, which was, I mean, the last game, yeah, the last game they put out, Seven, was a first person shooter, and then this one is back to be kind of the more traditional format. Mm. Uh, but I really, really dig it, and uh, yeah, I, I'm liking it a whole lot. I think it's, you know, it's it's uh, it's got a lot going for it. Um and that's it that's i that's pretty much just all i've been playing uh too scary game. for me i think uh yeah, and it's also it's 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 decently scary i would say i think i, I i'm enjoying that um uh, but I will say it's also uh they've they've used all their next gen tech to just really really amp up the gore um uh lots of just like uh, torsos hanging out of things and i mean these are the games way back when nineteen ninety eight you fired it up and you got that warning it's like this game contains intense scenes of gore and violence. And then it's a PlayStation 1, so it's like a, a JPEG of some, <laughs> some red square.
1: Four or polygons. Or, or.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it's like, oh, this half a character model is disgusting. Um, and then in this game, it's like there's a like a dude who's at one point escaping from zombies under like a, a garage like a garage door type thing and it closes down on him and just intricately detailed entrails coming out of him as you kind of yank what's left of him to safety so you can get an item off him i mean it's really in- intensely disgusting um but yeah uh it's it's really really tremendous uh if you if you have at all any kind of tolerance for 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 horror stuff i would say give it a look obviously paul you, you you give it a miss but if it's if it's if that sounds like your wheelhouse then go for it uh yeah and that's uh that's that's it for me on the old just that was the one game i had this week yeah
1: well speaking of intense gore and horror um i'm coming towards the end of pokemon let's go pikachu um i am about 20 hours in so it's not a particularly long game um uh, playing on the Nintendo Switch, obviously, mostly in handheld mode. And, um, yeah, one thing that just comes to my head again and again as I'm playing is just kind of frustration with Nintendo's laziness and unwillingness to kind of <laughs> put any ambition into a lot of their games. Now, I know that I'm saying this in a post-whatever Mario Odyssey, post-Breath Breath of the Wild world, but... Pokemon, it's just so the same. It's it's so familiar, and I wish that they would they would take more more risks. It. Even down to the character designs, like the the Pikachu design specifically, like it's it you're looking at it, and it's just you have you have the body, and then you have the tail, which is just going in. It's it's not one um 3D model. It's just a hodgepodge and it just comes off so lazy. Um the game itself is fine. It's it's you know, a Pokemon game. It's it's there's certain things that I, I, I really like about it, like seeing the Pokemon walk around the world instead of just going through grass and having random you know encounters happen. And I think that's definitely the way to go in the future. But aside from that, it's just a very simple, very plain uh, rpg with the old, same old systems in play as as 20 years ago and i understand that it's like a remake uh, it's the third remake in fact of the original kind of red and blue and yellow series but there's just no ambition to kind of modernize it or aside from obviously the 3d graphics or to do anything really clever or or interesting with it it's just a it's just very plain and it definitely feels like a missed opportunity understanding as well of course that the the next one is is considered the real next gen pokemon this is just a half step but every as i play it i just think like there could have been something here there could have been something more here and just repeatedly there isn't so i'll be happy um i I sound like i'm hating it it's it's fine like i say but i'll be happier when i'm back to Smash and, Re- and Red Dead. I've only played half an hour of Red Dead uh, before I was interrupted by Pokemon, but I'll beat Pokemon and get back just to Red Dead and get back nothing. to
0: it. No, just like, Smash. nothing.
1: Yeah. So there we go. Once I beat the Elite Four, I, I, I have like a hundred in my Pokedex already, so even to fill out the Pokedex isn't going to take me very long, so I'll probably finish it at about 25 hours and move on. So that's all the all the games for this
0: week. Okay. Uh, let me see here. Uh, movies. Who's seen a movie this week?
1: I've seen quite a few. Joe. Go on. Oh. Oh.
2: Um, I'll do my movies first. I had a bit of a horror marathon uh, last week okay. uh, when I was off. Um, so, I watched three movies. I watched the latest next big ne- uh, Netflix release, uh, Bird Box, uh, with Santa yeah, I, I completely forgot. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. <laughs> yes, it's quite forgettable, isn't it? Um, it is actually. It's a bit of a load of old guff, <laughs> mm-hmm. I would lie. I kind of enjoyed it because I like a movie with a sort of silly premise. Um, so, I was kind of enjoying it for a while, but then it kind of gets to the point where the, the, the loss kind of wears off the, the silly the silly premise and you're just left with sort of silly characters and quite a dull plot and no. also a villain a sort of monster I won't
0: spoil too much no, I, I
1: just this moment um, downloaded it to my tablet so from Netflix
0: oh, I, I don't think I don't think you will like it at all <laughs> well we'll
1: see um,
2: yeah yes yeah, it's a kind of villain or a threat that's just it's
1: kind a, it's of just
2: lazy in, in a way. Hello. Oh. Sorry, get
1: their up. nails did. Sorry, go on. Bird box.
2: Um. Yeah, it, a villain that's kind of lazy in a way. It's a bit of a cop-out. Because it's a... Uh, they just... Uh, there's a rules. There's some rules in this thing. It's just things happen.
0: Yeah. Just, yeah, it's not clear what the fuck... Yeah, there, there are well, there are a lot of there are a lot of rules that you think are being established and then they're quickly not established, um, and it's kind yeah. of stupid. It's, um,
2: the it's, the it's, ending as well was kind of somewhat laughable, <laughs> almost like a parody
0: of a Twilight Zone episode uh, in kind a way. Of- uh, I, I I liked a few like set pieces. Yeah. yeah. Um. It's weird, like because uh, I think I gave this—I think three stars on Letterbox, and I, I honestly can't really justify that in hindsight because I just thought so much of it was so fucking stupid, uh, <laughs> and 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 like Paul, you'll you'll notice this immediately when you when you watch it because it's 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 kind of front loaded, but like they they have it They're they have a flashback format so you're going back and forth between five years after shit went down and fla- flashing back to the day it went down basically and it's like okay the flash okay the flash forward gives away everything that happens so it's immediately the a lot of the the tension is kind of sucked out of the of the of the of the um the flashback scenes right um and, and also all the characters are just kind of boring and dry. It, 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 the characters, a, a little bit of something comes together in the second half that redeems it a little bit. It's a, it's, a, it's a real hodgepodge of like some half decent ideas and some some garbage. Um, I don't think Paul would like
1: it in the slightest. Um, <laughs> I'll get my one star ready. Uh, also,
2: look, perhaps the most unbelievable aspect of the movie is that Sandra Bullock, a uh, 54 year old woman, uh, is pregnant uh basically goes through her, most of her labor and gives birth with absolutely no medical assistance and yeah. even, and everything's everything's fine
0: what yeah. well <laughs> she, doesn't, she doesn't look 54 to be fair
2: i mean to be fair yeah maybe 48 but you know oh, come on now
0: <laughs> i mean i yeah she she ain't she ain't 21 anymore but she could pass for like you know
2: 37 well I suppose yeah.
0: yeah yeah no no I mean her character seems kind of old to be doing to be have, <laughs> I mean you have have, be whatever you want but her her, uh, her character did seem yeah a little bit old to be able to deliver a baby without any medical assistance you know but but well yeah. that's you know that's the whole thing but, but no, yeah no. um, yeah so uh, that was I. so I I, I, think, I forgot to mention that but yeah that was the one movie I watched what else did you watch Joe?
2: Uh, I also watched uh, Ghost Stories, which is uh, an anthology. Uh, it's a British movie based on a very popular play uh, that was on here a while back.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um stars a guy called, I think it's Andy Nyman, yeah. um, who I think he wrote it and then started in the play and was in this. Uh, he was also in that Charlie Brooker uh, zombie big brother. A series that he did. Um, he's in it. Martin Freeman's in it, and a few other people. It is pretty spooky. It's got a nice kind of spook to it. Um, I didn't find the ending particularly satisfying, but overall, it was it was done quite well. It's quite scary. So, yeah, give that kind of thumbs in the middle if you want some, something spooky. Uh, that's, that's very well done.
1: Yeah, I've seen ghost stories. Oh um, yeah, yeah. I, I I I would echo a lot what you said about it. I think I think. Um, the first two segments are quite well done, in particular, because um, mm-hmm. it kind of it kind of leads you to to ask questions about like what's going on, and you're trying you're trying to link the stories together in your head. Uh, but ultimately, as you say, the kind of final revelation I found deeply dissatisfying. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, not to say it's one of those it's all a dream deals, but it kind of is. <laughs> Do you know? And you're like, yeah. oh well. If that's the fucking thing, why did I bother me whole wondering what was going on?
0: <laughs> if that's the, you could not have sounded more Irisher. If that's the thing, why did I bother me whole watching it? <laughs> If that's <I> like <laughs> oh, <Jesus." laughs> this film, this
1: film was <laughs> a sh- shit in the bucket. So was.
0: Is that is that Joe doing a Paul impression? Like what? <laughs> 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 oh dear.
2: Uh, me. Um, yeah, so it's quite good. Um, I also finally watched uh, Jigsaw, which is the eighth installment in the Saw franchise. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, You've
2: watched, yeah.
0: haven't you haven't watched the whole yes, series, though.
2: I've seen, I've seen all eight Saw movies. I'm not I'll show you for a minute. Um, they're complete bollocks, but I still love them because I like their shade baby. Um, this one. Is actually a load of old guff uh, for for the vast majority of it, but then it kind of redeemed itself with the ending for me because it, it was like the sort of original Saw oh. movies. The ending, very kind of contrived, uh, complicated ending, but one that was like, ooh,
0: Did, ooh didn't think of that. Yeah, is this <laughs> one? Is this like a reboot? Is it a sequel? What are we? What are we? Or is it a spoiler to reveal whether or not it's happening on um, what timeline?
2: Yeah, I mean, you couldn't make sense of the Saw timelines anyway, to be honest, even if you had a big big board and lots of post-it notes. Um, No, it's not a kind of reboot, it is is a continuation of the series, but almost, I wouldn't say a soft reboot, but it it, it kind of breaks away a little bit from the events of the the previous ones and starts afresh to a degree. Um, But yeah, it wasn't good, but then none of them are. So, if you like it, watch it.
1: I think don't so. I don't think I'll ever watch any of the saw movies too gory for me lad. Uh, yeah. Do not like. Right. Um well, I watch the movies? Obviously uh before we go into the movies the Oscar list uh finally came out. Yeah. So as long-term uh long-term listeners know I watch all the Oscar movies. Every year, in the top nine categories, which are Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actor, Supporting Actor, Actress, Supporting Actress, Original Screenplay, Adapted Screenplay, and the old, Animated Features. Uh, This year, I have only 10 movies to watch, to be all caught up, which is the the best I've had in quite a while, which is... um, Kind of due to the fact that a lot of the films are just repeatedly nominated and that there are only eight yeah. Best picture nominations. Uh, yeah, it so has been a pretty, pretty
0: bleh year for, for, nim- for nominations, I thought. Well, it's been a pretty bleh year for films, I think. Compa- I don't know. I, I, Compared I to 2017, I thought
1: 2017 was a much stronger year than 2018.
0: I put, I put together my little list there earlier in the week and I was like... I, had a, I had a look at it. I
1: had a look at it. I, I I haven't I, seen a lot of the movies that that you kind of had higher up,
0: but just in, in putting it together now, most a lot of them were Oscar movies. But I looked at the list and I was like, you know what, pretty damn good year, pretty dang good year. Um, but uh, but yeah, so uh, so you've you've made you've made a start anyway on the old. Uh, I the old have. Old, uh, I've
1: only. I'm down to nine already. Um, and when I, when are the Oscars? Oscars. Uh, hang on a second. No, Oscars 2019. Uh, 25th of February so Ooh, I have yeah, well, I have nearly a full month to watch 9 nine films which I'm pretty confident I can do <laughs> so um, the films I've left to watch are The Favourite Green Book Roma which I just have now on my iPad excuse me from Netflix because that's obviously a Netflix film
0: yeah
1: uh, Vice with Christian Bale and all them the, the Dick Cheney movie Uh, At Eternity's Gate, which is uh, a Willem Dafoe film that I'm just going to struggle to think I'm going to get my hands on that one. Uh, The Wife with Glenn Close. Can You Ever Forgive Me? The uh, infamous Melissa McCarthy nomination. If Beale Street Could Talk, the follow-up to Moonlight by Barry Jenkins, which I'm very much looking forward to watching. And First Reformed with Ethan Hawke. So that's the nine films that I still have to watch to be all caught up. So um i know the favorite roma first reformed and if beale street could talk are pretty well regarded so i'm very much looking forward to watching those ones uh vice less so because i hear it's a big old heapish height uh and can you ever forgive me i'm going to go in with an open mind even though it's a film with melissa mccarthy in i'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt maybe she's good i
0: uh, i I saw that trailer. It looked all right. I mean,
1: you know, Richardie Grant's it as well, so it might be. Yeah, we shall see. But that's the uh, that's the Oscar list. So this week uh, or weeks, I have watched five films. So first of all, I watched a big old Barry Murphy thumb up recommendation called yeah. "Sorry to Bother You."
0: Oh, hell yeah! Oh. <laughs>
1: um. Starring Le Keith Stanfield from uh, Get Out and Death Note.
0: <laughs> and Atlanta and various other things.
1: And other things that I have not watched, but I have seen those things. Um, so, first of all, I'll say I I thought it was very good. Uh, I didn't love it. I certainly didn't love it to the extent Barry did. Um, no, no I, thought, I thought it was very, very good. Especially the first kind of... Th- act i thought was particularly strong um i do i did get a feeling from it though that it was it like first of all it it has kind of a terry gilliam um you know uh, especially the zero theorem i don't know if anybody saw that movie definitely has a kind of weird feel to it like that um almost to its detriment especially towards the, the latter stages um uh, and it also felt a little bit like movies like haggard <laughs> which i don't know if either of you guys have ever seen haggard but kind of like an amateur movie where the people making it have a general idea but kind of don't really know what they're doing um <laughs> had a little bit of a feeling like that too it's, I'm, I'm talking specifically narratively here that it,
0: it, yeah i i i called this uh, i i call this i'm about to take credit for someone else's quote i saw someone else call this um uh And I think they gave it, I think it was like a three and a half star review on on Letterboxd. They called it like the perfect, ambitious first film. Because it was, this is Bucciarani's directorial. Now, see, I know I loved it. I really, really loved it. I had it my second favorite film of the year. But I can see how, A, a lot of people I spoke to before, you know, after I saw it, fell off it towards the end for reasons that that will become obvious to anyone who watches it. You'll either love it or you won't, That the second half. Um, uh, but there's there's various other bits and pieces about it that I can see. It's 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 just it's unapologetically going for its thing, and that might not wash with you. But it's it's you know it's like ambitious as fuck.
1: Yeah, I can't disagree with you there. I particularly liked the the like I say the the first maybe hour with the call center and the white voice. Um, Tessa Thompson, who I generally don't really like, I thought was great in it. Um, and I was particularly happy to see Danny Glover and Terry Crews have really funny cameos essentially Um, and yeah just the the deeper and deeper it got and the weirder and weirder it got I just kind of felt myself disconnecting from it Um, but definitely very good and definitely something I'd recommend Um, and certainly much better than some of the other movies I'm going to talk about today
0: Okay, but uh,
1: sorry to bother. Yeah, Lakeith Stanfield, I, I think is great, and I think he's great in it. He's, he's probably the best performance in the movie, and he needs to be in more things. Um, but okay, yeah, I, just just got a bit too weird towards the end, and I, th- I thought the the like the very very ending, I didn't really like, but very good, very good movie. Uh, I then watched Oscar nominated for best picture bohemian rhapsody the story of queen yeah uh, have you seen this barry
0: no i know you, I, you
1: watch a lot of movies which are i yeah
0: to. i was just like and there was there wasn't any particular reason i didn't see it beyond and I, I hate to judge a movie by the trailer but every time i think i said this on this show every time i watched that trailer i was like this looks like the most boring movie uh, where i'm kind of just supposed to be wowed because oh hey look it's freddie mercury oh okay oh it's so oh oh it's the story of queen i see okay it's like it, it never made me laugh it didn't look especially good it seemed like they were kind of hanging their hat on this kind of rami Malik uh, performance and i like rami Malik, but every clip i've seen there's actually a clip doing the rounds today uh, on, on twitter like it's kind of kind of quasi viral people making fun of the, the editing of the film every kind of extended clip i've seen he seems to just be doing this really bad, like, fucking, like, SNL Freddie Mercury impression. I don't, I'm, be, I'm judging the film very harshly based on clips I've seen, but mm. I just... It seemed massively unappealing to me every time I saw it, so I, I didn't bother. Plus, I have no attachment to Queen as, a, as an act anyway, so sure. I didn't really bother.
1: Well, um, I'm, I'm well. quite a Queen I quite enjoy Queen, I must say. Okay. And I think one of the, the things that kind of goes for and against the film is the Rem- Remy Malik performance. Because I actually thought that he was really good at it. Okay. But not for a second did I feel like I was watching Freddie Mercury. So it's almost right. a contradiction. Like, I thought his performance was good, but not in the sense that he felt like Freddie Mercury. Nor did it feel like his take on Freddie Mercury. It just, as you say, felt like kind of an impression. Um, and aside from him, the film is just kind of your bog standard rose-tinted biopic uh because brian may and roger taylor are like creative consultants on the movie so it's not gonna really delve into any of the less happier you know Mm -hmm. um or let's say the more controversial stuff uh related to queen especially like freddie mercury's sexuality and his illness and stuff is so just kind of brushed over and kind of matter of fact that there's, there's nothing, there's no real conflict or no real um, anything taken out of it to the point that they had to manufacture for the purpose of the film a breakup that didn't happen in real life Oh really? Um, yeah. Um, and a lot of criticism about it is that it takes so many liberties with the, the timeline like Freddie Mercury finding out he has AIDS being the catalyst for them to reunite and do live aid a complete fabrication you know <laughs> that did not at all happen that way, um yeah, but I, like I say, generally it's just <laughs> like there's one bit of the film right where they say we're gonna play Live eight, and Freddie Mercury goes, We're gonna go to Wembley and we're gonna we're gonna punch a hole through that stadium roof, and I pause the movie and I go to myself, I say, one of these lads is gonna say well, actually, Freddie, Wembley doesn't have a roof. And then I unpaused it, and that's exactly what happened. It's that <laughs> oh, kind of no. movie. <laughs>
0: like, God.
1: what a funny joke that is. <laughs> um, so oh. I, I went I went a three on Bohemian Rhapsody. I, I don't get why it's nominated for Best Picture. It's not a
0: very good film at all. Um, just, just that, just the, if you make a nerf. Earnest enough film about a beloved tragic figure, do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I mean is I. I
0: Did they have to switch director halfway through this because the original one was a sex criminal?
1: Well, yeah, we but sure we they they knew that Brian Singer was a diddler before he started making it, so I don't get what the controversy. Oh. No apparently he was just, a, just apparently he was just an asshole as
0: well. <laughs> oh, but yeah, I mean that's that's definitely though. Know, I love it, like oh like you know it's like the Oscars you're losing woke points. The valuable woke points yeah. you got for nominating Black Panther, which is farcical. I mean, that's that's a farcical Best Picture yeah. you know, nomination. Yeah. you knew you knew that was going to happen when they didn't they?
1: They did nixed it, their the like Roar? most popular film. No, they announced it and then they cancelled it.
0: Oh, yeah, they announced we're, we're doing a, a popular movie category so we could give it, it was just so transparent. So we can, we can give Black
1: Panther an Oscar. <laughs>
0: Not even, I didn't even think. I mean, that was obviously the, the first big one. But like, they're gonna literally just so they can fucking give some Marvel movies and some fucking Star Wars movies some Oscars and shut the people up and get some buzz. As like when they unannounce, it's like okay, Black Panther is one hundred percent getting nominated for Best Picture, which is like it, in some ways I like it because it is it's a culturally significant movie. I would say, but yeah. like uh, it's like it's. I don't know. I feel, I have not gone. That's that's one of the few films on my list I did not go back and rewatch. I feel like I would probably not nearly love it as much as I did on the, on the first viewing. It seems. Mm. I hate to, I hate to say it, but it, it seems like that's a pandering kind of pick. I feel like to, to to put that on there.
1: Well, certainly a better film than Bohemian Rhapsody, which was well. You know what? You know what?
0: You are absolutely correct. Uh, <laughs> I haven't seen that one, but I'm taking your word for it.
1: Uh, I then watched a film called The Death of Stalin. Mm-hmm. Have you seen this? Oh, one? Sure, Joe. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, uh, that Joe. Joe would have seen it. Um, by Ianucci. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I thought, um, I thought a lot of the performances in it were great. Particularly, um, is Simon Beale the actor's name? The guy who plays the kind of, I guess, the antagonist, the the short <laughs> penguin-looking guy. Um, I love Steve Bocemi in it. I love Simon Beale, as I said. Um, I thought that Jason Isaacs stole the show whenever he was on screen. And I didn't think it was necessarily hilarious, but I thought it was very clever and I did think it was very funny. Um, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought it was very, very good. And I don't really have too much else to say about it. It was just a, an extremely solid kind of political okay. satire. Um, definitely worth a watch if you have any interest in history or politics is Damn it. very very good uh, I, I watched Stan and Ollie which is the Steve Coogan and John C. Riley Laurel and Hardy biopic uh, and compared to Bohemian Rhapsody it was like a breath of fresh air because it was it was a movie that was made with like obvious reverence for the people that it's about and it was Genuinely just lovely and charming and funny and great. And John C. Riley and Steve Coogan were excellent in it, as were the actresses who played their wives, whose names I don't remember, because I'm a sexist. Um, But it was really, really, really great. And uh, I thought, again, I thought it was funny. And for the first, like, maybe 45 minutes, I I wasn't entirely convinced. I thought it was going to be, like Bohemian Rhapsody, just kind of a simple happy go lucky biopic. And then there's like a dramatic moment that the performances kind of elevate and which in turn kind of elevates the movie overall. And there was one look that kind of John C. Riley gives in it where they have like a fight basically and John C. Riley just gives gives him a look. And I was like, the real actors here. This is great stuff. And Yeah, I, I really, really liked it. I think the performances like I say, brought it to something more than otherwise it would have been. But um, definitely worth a watch as well. And then the last movie I watched uh, was one of the Oscar nominees for Best Director. It's a Polish film called Cold War. And it's um, it's a black and white film about this couple who are trying to escape, essentially, from uh, Poland and and go west to like france which they end up doing in the film um but ultimately what the story is really about that's that's essentially just the setup is that they're they're part of this like traveling music um or dance act um what the film is really about is about this couple who are want, want different things from life and so are kind of destined to to break up get back together break up get back together and um and it's 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 really a film just about those those two characters, and although the film without spoiling anything, obviously, although the film kind of ends on a happy note, you know the story is ultimately not going to have a happy happy ending because these because of the nature of the people and and what they want from life, and it's a very you know a very arty film. I don't think it's a film that your Black Panther fans are necessarily going to enjoy,
0: but um, racist.
1: <laughs> That's not what I mean <laughs> um, because it is very slow and it's like I say, I can see why it got nominated for best director because there's just certain shots and certain choices made that really kind of st- are striking and stand out to you as you watch it. But it's very slow, it's it's definitely a kind of a character film more so than a, a narrative film. It's a, it's about like I say the, the this man, this woman. And um and it was really, really, really great. And and if you have any kind of, it's not a very long film. It's only about an hour and a half. If you have any kind of like I say, tolerance for a slower film or a subtitle film, because again it's Polish, uh, definitely, definitely worth a watch. Even if it's not necessarily the happiest story that you'll see. But it was very, very good, very, very good. That's all the films for me.
0: Mm, all films. What a what a great load of films we watched this week. I'm gonna go and try and see the uh, favourite, and I want to see uh, Queen of Scots this week. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh. Yeah. Wanna see some, I'm gonna try and see some movies here before the end of the, uh, the end of the old January. Let's talk about some wrestling. Got some uh, wrestling chit-chat to do. Uh, before we jump into all the big WWE news of the weekend, do you want to do a quick chit-chat about OTT contenders, Paul?
1: Go on. What do you think about
0: it? You watch this show?
1: I didn't get a chance, unfortunately, because of okay, the,
0: the other wrestling. Oh, the yeah, team. sure. A million other things going on, I suppose. I'm just going to touch on the, the, the newsworthy bits, uh, first of all. Um, uh, so I saw you, you, you tweeted about this. Um, they, they announced the cage match for homecoming. Right. Which is the the Hala basketball arena show, hmm. and 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 much like you, I'm I'm kind of flummoxed about it. So it's Kings of the North versus Lads from the Flats, with Lads from the Flats being all three members. So it's the two lads and Martina. Um, and if that seems out of left field, honestly, it did not really make much more. Uh, uh sense on the night basically the lads beat more than hype uh in a six-man tag which was which seemed odd it made sense when you realized they were getting the title shot but it still seemed odd because i think i think most of us expected more than hype to win and then the kings to come out to reignite their feud that did not happen uh Paddy got on the mic after the match and said oh we just beat um one of the best teams in ireland and he also mentioned we just beat them and they're the number one contenders i don't understand how that is correct um because More Than Hype lost their tag title match in October, but splitting hairs, perhaps. And so the Kings came out and said, oh, oh, they're great. You think you beat the best team in Ireland? Well, what about us? And that was kind of the the conceit of the match. Um, And I was like, okay, they're going to have a tag match at homecoming. There's no way that's the cage match. And then they made it the cage match. So Uh, there was also a very confusing bit where one of the Kings pointed to Worky and said, I don't want you. I want you referring to martina and then when they announced the match it was actually all three of them so i didn't quite understand that but uh, yeah i i i don't understand that match at all i think it's kind of a i think it's kind of shoehorning cage in for the sake of having a cage i mean it's definitely uh,
1: the weakest match announced so far
0: yeah it's, it's even uh, with the
1: cage gimmick it's the weakest match announced so far
0: and the thing is it's like the kings and the lads they do have a history martina has a history with kings i think i i think if you told me Four months ago, that that's what they're going to do in a cage match in February. I'm like, all right, yeah, sure. We'll see. Let's we'll see how you get there. But they just just kind of announced it. Uh, it was very weird. Uh, on, on the night, I mean, I, I want to hope it'll be good because like Corvin will be a madman. He'll do some mad shit. I think Martina might actually end up doing some mad shit. Um, so I, I I think she doesn't really miss an opportunity like that to to kind of make a big show stealing uh, event. But it's like three faces against two heels, and I I don't know. I'm not big on that match. So uh, I have
1: to assume it's going to open the show. By the way, because that cage uh, takes forever for them to put up.
0: Yeah, and that's not
1: main event in the show.
0: No, 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 certainly not. With Uh, Pac and
1: Walter and Devlin Star on the same card.
0: Yeah, of course. Uh, It'll be one of. See, I'm not going to run down the whole card or anything, but uh, Star beat Thatcher in like a great match, like like exactly what you'd expect. Mm. Started it seriously, bullying him around. Thatcher, of course, just took the just a brutal beating. Star was killing him with these lariats at one point. Um, um, um <laughs> If you go back and watch this on VOD, you can see me get a nice round of applause from the audience because I insulted David Star, which was uh uh. <laughs> bit embarrassing but I, I you oh, know, I'll take it I'll, I'll, I'll take not, a laugh if I can get it not so embarrassing yeah. that he,
2: he brought it up on his own
0: podcast no, well, the, the people want to know the people want to know Joe what was fun about Were the show they? Uh, yeah, yeah they want to know anyway that match is good Um, uh, the Mike Bailey versus Scotty Davis match was tremendous it was fucking tremendous they also uh, wrestled pretty much half the match in our section of the crowd that's ridiculous the, the, the floor was just soaked with just beer and there was chips everywhere and it was genuinely there was one spot where um, where bailey grabbed davis to throw him in the ring and they did the the, the gimmick where he does a u-turn and just fucking threw scotty right, like right in front of like me like like you know, like this, our, my, our role was completely devastated it was just, just mayhem uh another great 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 scotty match and then the main event was uh jordan Devlin beating AK did a really good match uh, they did an angle after that where uh, David Starr came out to confront Jordan the locker room emptied to keep them apart and while they were separated uh, Starr gave Scotty a pile driver on the floor uh, and, and Jordan freaked out it was a really really great end to the show to set up the, the Starr-Devlin match on the next show so another another great little chapter there in the, uh, the Jordan sort of title hunt redemption story so yeah it was a good show I'm not going to run down the whole card those are just the uh, the the, the talking points uh, uh, for the uh, uh, coming out of it. So, uh, do you want to jump into Takeover?
1: Yeah. <sighs> Sorry.
0: <laughs> yes, you seem you seem well up for it. Uh, uh, that,
1: that's more or less my reaction to the, all the rest of the weekend. Was it just me, or was this a lesser weekend than normal? And I, I'm saying Takeover plus the pay per view. <laughs>
0: Um, I thought, yeah, I thought takeover was on the lower end of the takeover scale. I thought, yeah, still good, but not a takeover. That's
1: well. Let's run through the card then. So, takeover started with um, undisputed Air and War Raiders for the tag team titles. Very, I thought it was very, very good. Probably the yeah. the best War Raiders match I've seen.
0: I would agree. Actually, actually yeah. so far.
1: This yeah, this was really good. And undisputed, the there uh, as I say, my two my two favorite wrestlers in the world. So
2: yeah, they're always good. They're always good. Um, the other two lads, you know, did their job. In the big, uh, what was it like? Handspring, a back elbow at the end. Yeah. Oh, that had me going. That was good. Good shit.
1: Lots of um, spots here of big men doing athletic things, which was, got a big reaction every time. Whether yeah, the cartwheel yeah. out of the kind of high low, um, the handspring spot you mentioned, a lot of great stuff in here, a lot of great stuff.
0: Yeah, really great. I I, I like. I mean, the War Raiders are great, but I just love Undisputed Era. They're they're so good. They're um. really really great,
1: and it was a great opener for the show. Um, we then had Matt Riddle, Cassius Ono, in a match that felt like it was um, structured in such a way that it was the second match. Of the show, as opposed to a full Baron Stormer that we know that they could have. And yeah, it, it felt like it ended a good five minutes too early.
0: Yeah, it's it's um, on a show with a lot of guys doing ten million things. These guys didn't do ten million things, and that was that was nice. Um, but I, I would still agree that, he, that that while that is nice, I could have, I could, I, I wanted more. I wanted a little bit more. Um,
1: Especially given that this was their third match. Um,
0: yeah. Yeah.
1: It didn't feel like the, the curtain closing on the feud necessarily. No. A
0: little, little, uh, bit,
1: little bit simple. It,
0: it feels like um, he, he wasn't bad in this match by any stretch of the imagination, but it really feels like the, the specialness of Cassius Ono or Chris Hero is just not there. It's just he is a second match on the card, lose to the new guy, wrestler. That's his thing, though. That being
1: insane. said, I thought he was very good. Um, he's been, he had a very good match with Keith Lee on uh, NXT TV just the week before. But as I say, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I th- I, I, it, yeah, it, it, they, didn't, they didn't wrestle a main event match. Let's just say that much. Uh, then we had what was, for me, the best match of the show. was Ricochet and Johnny Gargano
2: hmm i i liked it and i'm not always a big fan of uh their stuff um i thought it was really good lots of good spots Uh, there's a few that kind of annoy me and not to sound like a uh grizzled old vet like a jim ross-esque person (laughs) complaining about the it looking contrived but there's some spots where it's literally why they're wearing kickheads you see a guy like running into position to, to take, you know, the moonsault yeah. outside the ring. And it's like, you know, I don't want to complain about that because everything in wrestling is fake. You know, Irish whips are fake, but, you know, sometimes it's a bit bit too much. It needs to flow a bit more, just be a bit more, feel a bit more real, a bit more organic, um, which I think is what the best matches do. And some of the matches over the weekend really did that well. Um, but yeah, it was really, really good though. I did enjoy it.
0: It's, yeah, it's because like they 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 did they were doing all this mad shit and kicking out of it and it was like yeah I was I was like you like I love a match that's all that's full of mad shit I love a match that's do it's doing the I thought Ricochet was just like really he was incredible I did really like this match not not that I I didn't but I was like ah uh, like, you're kind of it's it is kind of just an exhibition and it's like the bit and then the bit where you are telling a story is the story I'm kind of over which is the Johnny Gargano why am I so violent fucking pull up the mat and then look somber about it. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> <Like> I'm so, <laughs> so not into it. So not into it. But the, the athleticism of what they were doing was certainly uh, uh, top-notch. Um, yes. yes. Surprising results, I thought. Uh, you know. I guess, obviously, with the end of the show, we saw the the, the purpose, the, the, the kind of direction they're going in. Uh, but yeah, I, I didn't expect to see Ricochet losing this soon. But um, yeah, it was uh, it was good stuff.
1: We then had the NXT Women's Championship: Shayna Baszler, Bianca Belair. Um, I thought it was very good, especially given Belair's relative inexperience and Baszler's. To be fair, um, yeah. I thought it was it was it was a little rough early on. I th- I really really loved the finish. Yes, um, and that's kind of what made it. I I loved that she, I love that she got up. Ah, she got down again. Then she got up again, and then and then finally, look, she got up. And but but you know, a choke, a choke is a choke, and out she went.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, like as as like it was. It's too soon in, in Bel Air's kind of uh, run. I mean, her being undefeated is cool and all, but I'm like, you know what? Hey, she can lose. Like you know, she's so young, she's so new. Uh, this is her first TakeOver match. NXT tends to do the thing a lot, and it's it's perfectly sound pro wrestling, so I'm not knocking them for it, but the new person goes undefeated and then wins the belts. It's like, yeah. uh, you know, I'm okay with her. Like, you know, she, her, I mean, her gimmick is that she's this hot, young, new thing that's going to take over the world. It's like, okay, well, I'm okay with her losing first, you know, especially against someone like Shayla who has this, like, just unbelievable, just kind of imposing aura you know what i mean it's like it's it's they it it was in a way it was the perfect like baby face loss i really liked it like you early on i was like oh this is a bit iffy uh you know bel-air is uh is still a work in progress but she's um but yeah the finishing stretch was great she got the crowd behind her like when she was breaking out of that 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 choke the crowd was going crazy and and uh she has i mean she carries herself like a star she's she's i think she's great deal I think she's great. She's, she's so good. And she was, there was a little WWE.com clip of her talk about how, you know, her husband, who's one of the uh, street profits, yeah. you know, he's been a wrestling fan her whole life, whereas she, this is just, this is a, a chance she took to get into this business. And it's like, when you keep that in mind and you keep her age in mind, it's like, man, she is so good and she is a natural. Um, And as she grows with time and she, you know, she keeps training and she keeps working with, with the elite. That's the other good thing about, you know, NXT is that they, these people are mixed in there with your experienced older people. Like, like I'm not mega experienced, but she's, I mean, she's in, in literal age terms, she's a lot older in, you know, you've got people like Io Shirai in there who, who are a lot more experienced. Like, God, her, Bianca bouncing off those people uh, is going to make her excellent. You know?
1: Yeah. Special mention for the um, hair whip spot that caught Shay- <laughs> Shayna on the Oof, stomach. fruit. Yikes. Yeah. Um, um
2: i was a bit disappointed um i really usually really really enjoy shana those matches and this mm-hmm. one didn't like so much i really didn't like the ending um okay. i just i don't know i was watching i didn't wasn't quite sure what they were going for because it she was in it for a long time and basically kept kind of letting it go and it i don't know it didn't quite work for me there was also um quite a Shite ref bump in the middle with uh, possibly one of the worst runnings I've ever seen from the two uh, jabronis of nice, the, yeah. the horse women. <laughs> they got, I don't know exactly what happened, one of them got dumped on top of the other one. I mean, they both kind of laid there awkwardly and tried to like simultaneously roll out of the ring together and it failed quite spectacularly. So, mm-hmm. yeah, a little bit dis- little bit
1: disappointing. I mean, because, to be fair, Bazer's last f- matches have been with like the. Co- um... Uh, Carrie Sane and people at that level, so well, yeah, fair enough. Um, then we had the main event Tommaso Ciampa, Alistair Black in a match that I just didn't connect to on any level and t- didn't particularly like. I thought it was kind of boring.
0: I am, um, I hate Tommaso Ciampa's character, it's so annoying. It's you know what it is, it's so indie. It, the... The clutching the belt like someone's gonna steal it away from you. The the clapping, the, pat, the pa- clapping, the patting himself on the back, the trench coat, the 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 fucking butt rock he comes out to. Um, <laughs> okay. The, the the promos, the calling the belt Goldie. I'm like, how is this the top heel of the cool brand? Like it's so lame. It's so fucking lame, and it, it's like Alister Black. And then Alister Black is someone I I've enjoyed more in WWE than on the Indies. I think they've they've presented him perfectly. Watching the watching the pre match video package for this, I hated the Champa stuff, and I thought Black didn't come off much better. I, I think I think the dynamic sucks. I I there's just something about it that that just didn't click with me at all. I thought the, I thought the match itself, they were trying hard. They were you know. Um, I, I thought the the moment to moment of the match was actually you know it was decent, but I was I was just bored to tears because I didn't really care about the dynamic, and uh, this might be the like the de- heat wise the deadest uh, takeover main event I can ever recall.
1: Mm. I think it's definitely like a a chemistry thing that Champa and Black as as a one on one just doesn't really work. There, there's nothing really there to to cling on to. There's nothing there to hang your hat on. No i don't know and yeah I, i'm i think i don't necessarily agree with you on chomp i think chomp is I, I i quite like him but i'm definitely starting to feel a bit of fatigue with his shtick and and him being in the main events i think we need to change it up um maybe Chump a ricochet might be the way to go that might be more interesting i yeah. don't know but sure we'll see we'll see what they do uh so that was your takeover. Uh, I thought, I, Like I said, I, I, I enjoyed the the tag match a lot and I enjoyed the North American championship match a lot. And then the other three matches were a tear blow for me. So there you mm. go. And that takes us to the Royal Rumble uh, never-ending show. So as I said, I watched the kickoff, so let me give you a quick run-through of the matches. Uh, <laughs> sit down for this one. Bobby Roode and Chad Gable defeated Scott Dawson and Rezar from the Authors of Pain in a seven-minute match that, I mean, to say nothing match doesn't even do justice. Um, This match made nothing matches look great. Um, We then had Shinsuke Nakamura against Rusev for the US title. They had an okay match which Nakamura won after a, a miscommunication between Rusev and Lana, which would play into uh, later proceedings. So Lana got bumped off the apron by mistake and mm. hurt her leg. Uh, they announced that John Cena wouldn't be in the Royal Rumble due to an ankle injury, and that Braun Strowman would take his place. They then announced that they're bringing back halftime heat, which uh, oh. probably 1% one, one of people who were watching would even recognise what that was from the first time they did it. Uh so they're gonna they're gonna air during this during the halftime of the Super Bowl, and of course they weren't able to say Super Bowl, they had to talk around that word. Uh they announced <laughs> that they're gonna air on the WWE network, on their YouTube and on their Facebook channels, a six man tag match between Tommaso Ciampa, Johnny Gargano and Adam Cole versus Alistair Black, Velveteen Dream and Ricochet. So The Rock and Mick Foley, this was not.
0: Yeah, well yeah. <laughs> That is that is I wouldn't roll out of bed to turn on my telly to watch that six man tag. <laughs>
1: I'd I'd be afraid to look at the numbers that I would do. Five viewers. Um, I mean,
0: like people like their fucking NXT, and they, and they'll all be looking. Well, I was going to say they'll all be looking for something to watch during halftime, don't they? Have it? I believe. I, I believe they call it a halftime show. The Americans call oh, it. That's uh, nice. Where they have, where they have some form of celebrity, possibly even bigger than the Velveteen Dream.
2: Uh, <laughs> oh.
0: Uh, um, doing a doing a little sing song and probably uh, a, a trailer involving some superheroes
1: and they'll have more pyros than the WWE have on any of their non-WrestleMania shows. Yeah. We then had a Fatal 4-Way Cruiserweight title match. Buddy Murphy defeated today Otami Akira Tozawa, and Kalisto in what was probably... certainly in the top three matches of the night, if not top two. That's Um, pretty good. As you'd expect, it was great. Buddy Murphy in particular is, is... Far better than you would have thought if you had watched his um, Blake and Murphy tag team run in NXT. Right. Where did he come out of, Buddy Murphy? Because he he was in this tag team, right? I mean, Alexa Bliss was the manager, and they're just nice. kind of a a white bread, nondescript team. And then he fucking just grey cruised away. Where did this? Where did that happen?
0: Mm. Well. Know it's you know you give you give you give someone the 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 ball and he'll run with it i you know now maybe although maybe those um maybe those tag matches are better than we remember but i don't i don't think so
1: no (laughs) i would say they probably aren't but he's great uh and the match was pretty wild it was good uh main show then asuka becky lynch asuka becky lynch for the smackdown women's championship
2: Judas, this was good. A really this good match. Good. Yeah. This was good wrestling. This is what I was talking about earlier. Where it looks... They're not doing flippy, uh, over-contrived stuff. They both look like they're trying to wrestle and win a match.
0: Right. Well done, lads. Yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, because they, you know, they pace themselves well. Uh, you know, they they... The, the slower kind of early portion in the match, the crowd was still with them because they were into who they are as characters, you know. And then they uh, they had they did some some crazy stuff near the end. They had the the exploder into the barricade and the neckbreaker off the apron and all this other stuff, you know. They they well the the neckbreaker off the apron in particular looked like hell. hell. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, it was pretty nasty.
1: Maybe don't do that if your one of your people going to come back and be in the Royal Rumble later on. Maybe yeah. Um, An Oscar one with like the Asuka lock that she like flipped through into a bridge, which is kind of crazy yeah. looking. Yeah. And Becky just tapped out, which kind of got a lot of people online uh, upset.
0: Which is funny because I I would like to be the the logical assumption there is that she was going to come back and win later. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: I would even hazard a guess that when they do the inevitable ronda match right that they might even use this in the build-up to say look this becky lynch she can't you know succeed under the pressure when she's in a submission she taps and then she inevitably will be beat ronda you know or they'll go the other way which is that no one will even remember that this match happened because she won the world rumble that's obviously the bigger deal. Like I, the point I always make is no one remembers um, that Edge lost to Ric Flair the night the night he cashed in his Money in the Bank at New Year's Revolution '06. Yeah, no one remembers because that's not the that wasn't the the takeaway from the show, you know. But the match was great, and the finish again very nice. Uh, we then had Shane McMahon and the Miz against the Bar. I skipped this for the smackdown tag team championships uh just, just a piss take basically no i couldn't
2: fast forward through this quick enough to be honest
1: so shane of man happened? shane of man won with a shooting star press <laughs>
2: that would have been my guess
1: yeah my guess. if you guess that in your you know office pool you
0: uh, are a winner you're a fucking nerd for doing an office pool for the wrestling.
1: <laughs> so Shane won with the the least graceful shooting star press, I think, of all time. Um, and you know it was again a nothing match for the most part. Shane, Shane did his Shane McMahon stuff. Uh, he, you know his 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 classic Shane O'Mac punches and the lot of it. Uh. Not really much else to say, I suppose.
0: Yeah, you only want who watched it, so... Uh,
1: Yeah, unfortunately, I watched it. Like, what this reminds me of, or not even reminds me of, but this is what I think is going on, is WWE have this tendency, right, to, to start these storylines with a, a, an idea of where they're going. So, th- probably someone said, look, what we'll do is we'll have the Miz... The Miz will disingenuously... Uh say that he wants to be Shane McMahon's partner because he's secretly he's jealous that Shane McMahon won the the World Cup thing, right? So he'll say, he'll say, oh Shane McMahon, you're the you're the best wrestler in the world. you and me need to be a team. I and then and then they'll 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 team together, they'll beat some they'll beat some Jamokes and they'll get all the way to like the tag team title match. And then and then the Miz finally when when an opportunity presents, presents itself will turn on Shane McMahon and the whole thing will have been a ruse to make Shane McMahon look foolish and the Miz um Will, uh, you know, we'll go on then to have a match with Shane, whatever Shane Man at some paper. But it's like they forgot what the point of the, the feud was. <laughs> they're, they just got stuck in that Shane Man and the Miz are friends now and are a tag team. And we're celebrating with the Miz's dad at the end of the match. And they forgot to do the turn. <laughs> they're, they're doing too deep now. And uh, it's one of those. Um, we then had Ronda Rousey against Sasha Banks. Yes, in a match. Well, in a match that I would describe as a bit of a mess. Discuss.
0: How dare you? How dare you? What was a mess about it? Your opinion.
1: I just thought it was a bit a bit of a mess.
0: Well, like these big Sasha matches are always kind of fucking. They're always kind of wild. She's just fucking, you know, throwing herself out there. Um. Uh, and and what have you? I I thought this was great. I this is like my favorite Sasha match in ages. This is like up there with like the WrestleMania three way. I thought.
1: Mm, I thought I thought this was the weakest Ronda match I'd seen.
0: Uh, weaker than the Nia matches? Yeah. Damn. Okay. Um. I mean, I I I like that we got a bit of an edge from from Sasha here. I like that. Um. Uh, you know uh the stomping on the hand the choking her with her gear like I was like oh that's great like she's like it's part of her character that she's just like a bit of a fucker. You know what I mean? she's she could be really nasty when she has to be. I, I really liked it.
1: Joe you're the you're the decider so
2: um well I I fast forwarded so fast through the last match that I actually missed this one as well <laughs> but <back. laughs> um, I have no opinion.
1: Okay. Unfortunately
2: I, it, I probably
1: would have watched it if I would spoiled it. Like I mean, I thought this. I thought structurally it was okay, but I just thought it was kind of everything they did was kind of messy. I don't know whether that's because like Rhonda's a lot of Rhonda's moves she does like that that Piper's move. I mm. don't get. I think it's dumb. Um, and yeah, I just thought it was kind of clunky. I don't know whether it was that there was there was a, like a chemistry problem between them that they just didn't flow that well, but. I just found it hard to get into. Um, We then had the women's World Rumble match.
0: Um, The first half hour of this was so ungodly horrible. It was Lacey Evans is fucking unbelievably terrible. Right?
1: I agree. I agree.
0: What is is her gimmick? She's a sailor.
1: No, no, she's no, a, she's, she's gimmick, an old fashioned. She, she, she's yeah, a, yeah,
0: her gimmick is that she she triggers the libs. That's her gimmick. Well, um, no, it's
1: not necessarily right wing. It's it's more traditional. No, she's a traditional. She's a traditional bell.
0: No, but that's it, but that's it. It's like if you follow her Twitter, it's like oh oh, does it bother you? Does does it bother you? Does it bother you that I'm I'm a, I'm a, I'm a real woman? Does it? Hmm? Right. That's that's her. And that thing. is her gimmick. I apologize. But, she, she's a Ricky well, no, Gervais. That, it's not. It's not like it's not overt, but you can kind of when you like uh, online. She makes it kind of more obvious that this is what I'm. This is what I'm, and plus it's like okay. Even if you want to say she's just traditional, but she's a heel who's who's traditional. You know what I mean? So it's like yeah. she's she is doing it, it with with a snoozyness about her. But anyway, it's not even necessarily the gimmick because I think the gimmick is fine. I think the gimmick is actually pretty entertaining. I liked that on her way to the ring, she gave a dude her hand and he went to kiss Oh, yeah, just broke it away. <laughs> that was good. That, <laughs> that was, was good. good. I thought, and I the thought, timing on the
1: pull away was perfect as well because she left it there long enough for the guy to be fooled and to move his head in for the kiss.
0: It was it was great. So I, I like the gimmick. I, her gear looked good. She obviously looks very good. Um, she well, had like
1: she, she's she, she's like a copy and paste of Charlotte.
0: Hi, yeah, she's she's very Charlotte-esque, and it's like she has some cool like moves, like like literally just the moves. Like she did moon salt at one point. She's like a Bronco Buster thing. Mm-hmm. So like you know those are her like her high spots. But her like. Her actual movements in the ring, her working with the other girls was just the pits. Like, her and Natalia's opening kind of, like, uh, exchanges concluding with her doing a horrible kip-up. I mean, it was just Uh, like, oh.
1: Well, not really even a kip-up at all.
0: Yeah, barely a kip-up. It's like and again, it's like this thing that they just—they overrate Natalia's ability to carry someone as well. Like she was not the right person to be there. Like having—if you want to—if you want to throw in, I have no problem with NXT like green NXT people being in these matches. Like Casey, what's her name, did did a good job. But like having Lacey in there first. So she's spotlighted because it's like her and Natalia on their own wrestling for two minutes badly. That exposed her. But also she was in there for like 35 minutes or something. It's like, my God, she's not good enough to be in there that long. Um, so this is one of those things where it's like you made such a bad impression. Just don't even put her on Raw. Send her back to NXT and try again in six months. Like, it was so bad. Um, uh, the Iconics, the shits, just fucking... Peyton Royce's run in to like, even up the odds, where she kind of ran wild and, and did some... Sp- like, all her offense looks terrible. All her little s- spin kicks, nothing connects. Uh, if it does connect... Well, she, it's like, she, she's like yeah, a, she
1: did one spin kick. It was, for like, part of a double team, and I remarked that it was, like, a spin kick that I would throw because her leg yeah. her leg was about two feet up. <laughs> it, it connected to the hip of her opponent, not the face. It was so...
0: so <laughs> like... Oh. These two, these two have been wrestling for like years as well, which is the thing. Like, like Billy Kay was, a, I'm fairly sure she was a semi-regular Shimmer, and uh, people actually were excited when she got signed. And it's like, now, and I did not watch a lot of that stuff, obviously. So, I sometimes I, I'm like, am I fucking insane, or is this girl horrendous? Like, like. She's like she's been around and had had some notoriety before she got signed. And, like every time I see her, she's just fucking so bad. And and Peyton Royce as well. And it's like the gimmicks. Sometimes I think it's mildly funny. Sometimes I think they are the most annoying pantomime characters uh, ever. But I- in terms of the actual wrestling, they were they were fucking terrible. I thought here. there
1: I thought there was funny stuff in here to be fair.
0: But that's but sometimes sometimes they do. I I, I don't think they're always terrible. But sometimes it's just like. Just shrieking generic heels, you know what I mean? Um, But so so they were bad, and and Lacey was bad, and then Tamina came in. Fuck (laughs) me. Just and the thing about Tamina as well is that she, you know, I actually used to think Tamina when she debuted, she like had a little something there, like she was kind of athletic and stuff, but she never got like really good at wrestling. And now she's she's really obviously hurting a lot and 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 doesn't move super well. And she was just the pits, I mean, she was so bad. And so, the, so all four of them were in there, and Natalia was in there. And it's like, God, this is terrible. Ember Moon came in early, thank god. And I actually thought she was really good throughout the whole match, um, but uh. There was a a stretch there where Maria came in. Holy shit, Maria has not gotten in tell years. Let me
1: tell you you something. Maria made Lacey Evans. And (laughs) the Iconics look like fucking gotch. You know, like she is... I don't know that she was ever talented, but she's less talented now than she used to be. She was was shite.
0: In 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 the ring, she was never good, but she was always like kind of charismatic, and she was a, she had like a superstar aura. It's like she, that was kind of the weird well, thing. She about doesn't
1: that. have that anymore. She had nothing.
0: That, that, so what I'm saying is like, yeah, <laughs> she does this stupid fucking Mike Bennett's wife gimmick. What was that dance she did at one point? Was she parodying someone when she did the dance, or is that her dance? I have um, no idea because I don't watch like fucking two o five live every week. I don't watch the two o five mid card matches. I watch the the Bunny Murphy matches, and that's it. But anyway so they are, they are all just absolutely horrendous and it was like for the first half of the match I was like okay this is Ember Moon trying to lead fucking 10 other women who are absolutely shits through a through a, a good rumble um, I'm trying to think at what point cause, so it did get better in the second half I'm trying to think whereabouts it picked up I I thought Mandy Rose was alright um, and I thought when Naomi came in and they paid, they paid off their little angle I actually thought that was good because I thought Naomi's bit was good I thought Mandy then screwing her afterwards was good, and that was fine. Um, who else to be having this match?
1: Did you notice, by the way, Naomi did the, the her feet didn't touch spot, and she walked mm-hmm. along the barricade and jumped, and then Casey um, Catanzaro Katanzaro <laughs> did did a similar thing later, and then Kofi did one with Xavier uh, later on, and in in each of the uh, each of these three. The person was just then eliminated immediately. So I'm guessing their thinking was, if they if they fuck it up, it' okay because they got they just get eliminated immediately afterwards anyway. And that happened three <laughs> times on this show.
2: That, that yeah.
1: spot is so
2: played out; it has been for like five years, and they did it three times in two matches.
0: <laughs> Why? Do we do we get so many times at once? Highlights how, as you mentioned, Paul. Yeah, look, it, and I thought this since. Uh, who's like the first? I think John Morrison is the first person I remember doing. Like he he, he, he jumped onto the barricade. Yeah. The barricade It's like literally the first time I saw that spot. I was like, okay, he's not winning because the, the margin of error there is such that there's no way they'd allow him to do it and then go on to win the match. So so it's the same. And then yeah, like you said, three times in one night. Like okay, and I, I mean like look, Casey wasn't going to win anyway. But like Naomi, it's like okay, her big thing is the angle with Mandy. She just give the floor is lava spot and just have them fight and like she'll get over doing that anyway because people are into this thing where she beats up Mandy and they fight like whatever but, so it's like,
1: <laughs> but also sorry to cut across you like when Naomi got eliminated right she her feet were like on the apron basically and she did a little almost like a hand a handstand and her feet landed on the barricade and she was up right Casey was just lying on the floor with her foot up in the air and I'm like here we are pushing the boundaries of these rules here
0: yeah. Do you know not, what I mean? Like that, Not that to sound like Lance Storm, but like Casey was sitting on her arse on the <laughs> on the on the floor with her feet in the air. Like hang, come on now. The ends of your legs are touching the ground. It, what are we doing? It, here?
1: It, fair enough, if you're hanging on to the ring in
0: some way or But she's just
1: lying on the floor with her feet in the air. That doesn't count,
0: surely, that's nonsense. Oh, that reminds me of another just to to get back to this shit portion of the match. Um Ember did a, a, a cool spot where she was hanging by her feet. I always love the hanging by your feet yeah. at the bottom. Uh, that is cool. Uh, uh, someone went to knock her off, and Tamina stopped the person who was going to knock her off. I always hate that in Rumble matches, when it's like, it's one thing when you interrupt an attempt at elimination, but when the person is hanging by a toe and it literally just takes a breath of air to knock them off, just let them do the elimination. It's so fucking stupid to interrupt an elimination like that. But anyway, we, we, we'll move on from that. Uh, so, yeah, Casey came in. Uh, Rhea Ripley was in this. I actually thought she looked pretty good. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, she's been really... In all the yeah. little things I've, I've seen of her, she's been impressive. She uh, After Casey did her big comeback, she caught her and then gave her this really fucking cool suplex where she like threw her out of the ring specifically so she'd land feet first. Yeah, um, mm, That was really nice. Uh, Candice LeRae came in, and I'm disappointed to say she kind of shat the bed a little bit and she had a really horrible sequence with Emperor early on. Do you know do you remember what I'm talking about where where like they got lost and they kinda Yes, I remember. Yeah, they they had a no, I don't want to the harsh. She had that, that one spot was only but I don't think she did anything else of of, of note really. Uh no, I, she was eliminated
1: point, pretty quickly.
0: At this point in the match it hadn't properly picked up yet and I was still stewing on how bad the first half was. But um, uh, who else did we have? Uh let me see uh, Charlotte came in I thought Charlotte was good in this match I'm, I'm really into Charlotte you sort of post the uh, the Ronda match Alexa came in Alexa looked good this is her first match back in a while she's had a concussion or whatever she's had uh, uh, I thought she did she did well uh, Sonia Deville did alright
1: um, there was a, at the, a spot with um, Zelina Vega being chased by Hornswoggle for some reason
0: uh, it alright yeah it was okay uh, I like Zelina Vega's gear it was cool <laughs> sure uh, yeah, people were <laughs> like, "Oh, she's, she's Vega from Street Fighter." I was like, "Well, she's wearing the mask," you know.
1: She, yeah, she had the she had mask had, and she had the little
0: um, the claws. Claws, yeah. Uh, yeah, so uh, so that was that, that was fun. Uh, then, of course, we had the big ladder thing with uh, uh, with Becky uh, taking her spot, which was which was fine. Uh, so then
2: also, there was a point where um, those two icons of the sport, Charlotte and Lacey Evans, did a Hogan Warrior esque. Uh, yeah, stare down.
1: they just looked like the same person. They're like they're, they they could be <laughs> twins.
2: It was a Spider Man meme, really, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, Very much. <laughs> yeah, that
1: was, that was great. Sure, so, like, that will live on in our memories. Bro. Big shoulders and long arms, weird looking. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but then, yeah, when when Becky came out, I I, I I understand what they're doing, but I'm not sure that the way they did it was necessarily made sense. Um and I'm not I'm not saying here why did Finley get to decide? You know, he's an official, whatever. But I don't know, if i I would like something where Lynch had a bit more come off a bit bit more
0: a face?
1: Yeah, a bit more rebellious or a bit more authoritative. I don't know. Like did she come out to
0: let me go yeah. in, coach. Yeah, without saying let me go in. What I would have done is I would have just because they had some like just take Lee out and just just have her. They've had people lose and then lose earlier matches and then go on the Rumble. I would have had her just come out and just <laughs> be in the match. Like I like the the, the lot thing. Yeah, it's like okay. So maybe it's it's like you wanted people to salivate for it. You wanted them to. Because to be fair, it when Lana came out limping... They immediately started chanting Becky, so people people yeah. were were into it. But I'm with you, like having her come out and like, like yeah. Even if even if Fiddly comes out and says, "Oh shit, she's fucked up," you're useless. Uh, and then like he goes backstage and gets Becky. That's better than Becky that would have been cool. Out.
1: That would have been cool that you have like the referees are talking. Look, uh, what what can we do? Maybe, maybe even have uh, herself out there, Stephanie McMahon, to go look go back there and you can't quite hear what she's saying but she's pointing backstage and, and Finley's run backstage and you have the camera behind them backstage and he knocks on the door and a big Becky Lynch sign on her so I don't know some shit yeah. and then the soap oh, and she comes out big pop wow. do you know something
0: yeah I'd be I would absolutely be into that uh, but have, what they did was fine and they and they, uh, they got pop so she came out and uh, uh, yeah, and the, then the the final stretch of the match was 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 pretty damn good. It came down to Charlotte and Becky. I f- I forgot that Charlotte is like a heel and not just like a hero face because she was when Becky uh, was pushed off the steps by Nia, and she was selling like a twisted knee. Uh, Charlotte was big time seller. Like I'm I'm cackling. I'm, I'm yeah. going to win because I'm evil. That's like, which is fine. I mean that's fine. I just, I just literally I literally forgot. Uh, uh, that that was her kind of disposition. And, uh, and Becky won it away. Final elimination was a bit anticlimactic. Charlotte took a bump on the apron and then just kind of rolled off and lost.
1: Well, recently. I thought I thought the whole like knee injury thing was a bit overkill. Um, from the Lana thing to Lynch coming out to then Lynch getting an injury and having to overcome the injury. It, it, it just was too much for me. Just have her come out and fucking win the Rumble. You don't need to do five yeah. five angles in one here, just to simplify it
0: yeah yeah absolutely uh i think i think they were kind of it- similar to what we were talking about maybe they were worried about her reaction because she did she did come in at like 28 and she did uh you know take someone else's spots so maybe they did they you know you don't you don't want you know you don't want yet another person to be resented because people feel like they're being gifted a, a spot well i resented her
1: because she she was the leg forever this match was like an hour and a quarter long she was sitting on the floor for like five minutes get in there to win the match for god's sake
0: yeah, that that that's true. I liked the I, I liked the, her post match moment though, where it, it there was no commentary. They just literally had the camera on her, just like soaking it all in. It was. I very, liked
1: ridiculous. I I liked that she was pointing at the sign, but she she wasn't in the shot properly, and she had to hobble over <laughs> to the other side of the ring and point at the sign again. Um, yeah, she she was getting yeah. she was getting the old Randy Orton, you're on the wrong turnbuckle, brother. Uh, treatment. Um, we then had, speaking of um, boring <sighs> trash, Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles had the most boring match. Um,
0: I haven't watched this yet because I, I, I had to cherry pick what I was watching before this show. I'm disappointed to hear that. It was so
1: boring. It, it sucked. It was, it, it was 25 minutes of nothing. It was really, really boring. And then Eric Rowan came out Oh no. Eric Rohn came out and gave <laughs> gave AJ kind of a a choke slam by the face and then Brian won and that was it. And he's he Eric Rowan came out in a flannel shirt so he's obviously now joining Daniel Bryan's vegan whatever entourage. Um but th- yeah, this match was this match was really really long and really slow. I don't know. I I, I, I struggle because I I thought the the last match I had was quite good, but this was uh ooh not good, not good.
2: Uh, Let's skip, just skip this as yeah, well. Yeah, give also. it give
1: it a miss. Um, much better. Happily was Brock Lesnar Finn Balor, who had a <laughs> a match a third as long as the Daniel Bryan Edge Styles match uh, at eight minutes. Um. And they just had a real exciting eight-minute match. Um, Lesnar at one point got his uh, stomach pushed into the corner of one of the announce tables, and sold that like a motherfucker.
0: It was great. He looked like he was going to shit himself to death. He could have. His face was so goddamn red, even by his own standards. Um, it was great. I like. I. It was a really great short match because even though you know he like beat Cena to get the to get this title match. Like, I did anyone buy Finn? No, Finn?
1: and I enjoyed it even knowing that there was no <clears throat> chance.
0: And that's why that's why it was great that it was five minutes, was like or eight minutes rather. It's like eh he, like, he's not gonna have a 40 minute epic with Brock. He's never been pushed as that kind of guy. But at the same time you know, and he worked it like a like a uh, like everything was desperation, right? Like from the second he jumped him at the bell, it's like, okay, I'm the underdog here. I have to f- I have to fuck this guy up as best I can in any way I can. <clears throat> yeah, and even with that kind of lack of real threat from him. The story they told was so good, they, they, they portrayed him as wily enough, and Brock, I mean, Brock sold like a motherfucker for him. I mean, when they did that table spot, and when he was trying to do the sexes later in the match, it was like, oh, well, he's he's really setting like he's
1: Brock like gave him a hard. lot, Brock gave him a lot, to be fair.
0: Free yeah, out, which is which is a weird thing to say about an eight minute match, but he really did. And it was uh it was great. I mean, there's nothing wrong with a, a sub ten minute sprint where you do some cool shit, you tell your story, you get in, you get out, you don't overcomplicate it. Uh they didn't kick out a ten million moves, you know, uh Brock couldn't really do the F five, he, he did it once. Uh Finn hit he did it once after the match. Uh Finn killed him with Coup de Gras. really <laughs> just landed right on the diverticulitis. Um uh and Brock kicked out one with the armbar. Yeah, great stuff. Not 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 up there with the best from Brock, but I really enjoyed it. Agreed. Yep.
1: Good. And then we had the men's Royal Rumble match. Oh Hour Five. <laughs> yeah. So Elias come out for about ten minutes. And
0: <laughs> I d did. I didn't see this by the way. This is again I did not get to the men's match, so They
1: came out and chat chatted for a while, right? Doing his doing a shtick. Then number <laughs> two then number two come out. It's only Jeff, J-A-R-R-E-T-T. And he come out, and he's talking now. And now they're both talking. <laughs> now, the match hasn't even started yet. And they're, they're saying to the crowd, do you, do you want us to do a duet? Do you want us to do a song? To- oh my God, Stacked this match. I, I've been, I watched nine hours of wrestling today. I remember when
2: we used to kind of joke about um, how they'd start Raw with like a promo rumble where someone would come out and cut a promo and then after a few minutes someone else would come out and yeah. start going a promo and it would be like a Royal Rumble of promos. Now they've actually turned the Royal Rumble into a Royal Rumble of promos. It's quite um, innovative yeah. uh, from, from
1: WWE. So Jeff Jarrett was number two. He got eliminated pretty much straight away. Elias hit with a guitar. Uh, never got the, the promised duet. Then he had Nakamura, Kurt Angle, uh biggie can i just say about the women's rumble sorry i had a point that i forgot to make uh that one of the reasons why it sucked so bad was because they gave them like nothing to do um yeah. i remarked like let, let's say we had, we were like six people in they were already doing just the they're paired off in the corner trying to push you, them out like doing the shit you do 20 people in there, there was no yeah. like spots in it oh Rubbish. Yeah, anyway.
0: at the, at the, in the women's one, they they backloaded all the stars. Like you said, they like Kurt Angle was like f- three or four, whatever he was. Yeah. Like fucking nobody good came into the women's match for like half hour. Well,
1: the, the one thing I liked about the women's match was that they didn't just rely on the old Michelle McCool, Trish Stratus. Again, yeah. now, you know, at some point you have to move away from the past, and like I, I like that the the male the men's rumble aside from Jeff Jarrett. And an angle to an extent didn't really rely too much on names from the past um, they kind of got them in early and was done uh, it's Mojo uh, at 8, Jinder Mahal came in at number 7 and was eliminated immediately by Johnny Gargano quite a fall from grace for the former WWE champion there um, and that was kind of the story of this rumble was that a lot of the NXT guys or a lot of the smaller guys got quite big upset eliminations like um, Jinder Mahal eliminated by Gargano. Later on, you had Ambrose was eliminated by Alistair Black. Um, Andrade eliminated Orton. So you quite quite a few of these upsets, let's say. Um, Titus O'Neil came out and kind of slowed down, so he didn't do his slide under the ring botch, which was shown multiple times throughout the, the show. Um Kurt Hawkins was hiding under the ring for some reason which again they'd already done in the women's match. So Titus chased him under in uh into the ring and then got eliminated. The joke being that Hawkins finally got a win even though he was then Im- uh, immediately eliminated himself. Uh <laughs> Kingston did the old gimmick that we discussed earlier. No way Jose came out, got eliminated immediately and then was not upset and, and danced away. Ugh! One of those yucks. Why do they keep doing this? Like the the, the um, Adam Rose thing of he comes out with
0: all dancing with all the people. Like that
1: gimmick has never got over. The old rosebuds gimmick.
0: Yeah, I feel like they. I feel like they literally just want it for like video packages and live events the gods oh, what an eclectic mix of family entertainment we got a dancing guy we got gals
1: yeah. you know it's
0: like, it's like that that kind of thing
1: it, it screams just, it screams jobber
0: I, I just
2: realised Adam Rose is basically uh, Freddie Mercury in the premium Rhapsody movie that's that's the accent and the
0: yeah. <laughs> oh yeah
2: <laughs> oh we're gonna start a band called Queen here we go <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, Drew McIntyre was out he looked great in this rumble I must say um, didn't last all the way to the end but wh- while he was in there he he had a very good performance uh, Pete Dunne was, came out that was a nice surprise although yeah. I kind of assumed he would given that Ripley was in the women's one earlier and he was showing that takeover why not have a bit of, bit of an, uh, a bit of publicity for the old UK brand there he looked great as well to be fair um, Black eliminated Ambrose as we said. Shelton Benjamin came out. He uh, Michael Cole confused him for Apollo Cruz, <laughs> which, is, oh, which oh, was quite no. funny. Oh.
0: Oh. 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 <laughs> 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 no racism isn't funny.
1: No, but to be fair, there was a little bit of um, Charlotte Lacey Evans about it. Because Shelton Benjamin, I don't know if people realize this. Shelton Benjamin has got really muscly, <laughs> dude.
0: Like, yeah, I saw an Instagram post of it, it was WWE's Instagram, and he's like, I was like, what, fucking hell? He's gotten big.
1: Yeah, so he was standing next to Apollo, and you would think in your head, right? Shelton Benjamin and Apollo Crews don't necessarily look all that similar. Uh, wait, <laughs> look for this clip and. You, too, would be confused. But No, the confusion was that Apollo Cruz got eliminated. And Michael Cole went, to, oh, Benjamin's out. And it was not him. So it was kind of funny. Um, what else? Ray Mysterio was out. Lashley was out. Bobby Lashley got eliminated, like, in one second by Seth Rollins. Uh, and he yanked Rollins out of the ring and, and gave him, a, like, a spinebuster through a table. So, Seth Rollins did that, did the old uh, The Rock at the Rumble 2000 lying, lying at the announce table for about an hour. Uh, Strowman came out, Ziggler was out, um, Orton came out, and then number three was of course R-Truth, who got attacked by Nia Jax. Oh, God. And Nia Jax came out to the ring, and Nia Jax became the third woman in the Royal Rumble? In the men's Royal nah, Rumble? First, Who who am I I missing? China, Uh, Karma. Oh, Karma! How did I forget Karma? Remember her, um, the fourth woman in the world rumble. Interestingly, uh, the man proceeded to beat the fuck out of her. Something you don't see in WWE very much these days. Yeah, Dolph Ziggler was the uh, the you know your pub trivia answer in that he was the first one to give her a super kick. Uh, I forgot
0: Ziggler Stig- existed.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>! <laughs> which is harder to remember, Dolph Ziggler or Karma? Mm. Uh, Orton then gave her an RKO, which was extremely funny. Um, interesting that they would uh, allow the woman to be beaten up by the man.
0: Yeah. That's weird, that. It's strange. So, com based on the two of them made a tweet about this. WWE.com said, wouldn't it be interesting if The Rock faced Becky Lynch?
1: Well, no, because The Rock is a 280-pound man or whatever.
0: <laughs> yeah, like, oh, God, I don't even want to have this conversation on this podcast, but fuck. There's no interest in that. Um, anyway. I think they
1: can get away with it to an extent because because of the size of Nia Jax compared to the men. Like it was That's
0: exactly that's yeah. just it. It's like ask yourself why was it specifically Nia Jax in this match? Because she she fucking, beat up
1: our like, truth. That's why she, she goes she, in.
0: She beat up our truth, and she was like, she goes like nose to nose with Orton, and she's like half an inch taller than him or some shit. Like, you know what I mean? It's like they're not gonna. They're, it wasn't not gonna, Casey. Whatever. That's it. Oh, she is so small. She is so goddamn small. But like, yeah, it, it's just. I think just like the Ronda thing with Triple H last year, they will do this stuff to get a pop every now and then. They will never just—they will never do full intergender. They never will.
2: Hmm.
1: So the final four was Strowman, Rollins, Andrade, and uh, Ziggler. <laughs> Andrade Jesus Almas, God. who was just called Andrade now. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. And oh. uh, Andrade was eliminated. Then Ziggler was eliminated, and it came down to Rollins and Strowman. And yeah. like the women's yeah. match, uh, yeah. Rollins just eliminated them without much problem. Yeah. Gave him a curb stomp on the apron that didn't look particularly good. <laughs> and out you
2: yeah. roll.
1: Yeah. Uh... So that was your Royal Rumble. Um, not to toot my own horn, but if you recall our prediction show from just a uh, couple of weeks ago, I think you'll find that I said Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch would win the Royal Rumbles, and I was right. So I'll take me two points now, please. Hello.
0: Didn't all of us say those names?
1: Uh, no, you two thought Charlotte was going to win the women's one.
0: I don't think that's true at all, actually.
1: Mm, I listened to it today. Oh, well then, <laughs> uh, So, um, so that was your Royal Rumble and your takeover. A uh, bit of a disappointing weekend, I'd say. I think, listen, I think all said and done, the Rumble, anyway, is a bit of crack. You know, whether or not it's particularly good or whatever. I didn't find it this year um, like a slog to get through. I mean, they were long. I found the Daniel Bryan match a slog to get through. Well, I thought the, the Rumble matches are a bit of crack. People come out, oh, look, it's fucking Jeff Jarrett. It's fucking
0: Johnny Gargano. That's f-.
1: I, I, I find that I always enjoy the Royal Rumble, even when it's not particularly good so I was I was happy enough with it. Even though the pay per view was kind of bad. Eh.
0: Yeah. I, I wanna I want to watch the last few matches and, and, and decide, but Good luck with that
1: AJ Styles Daniel Bryan match. Maybe save that maybe save that one if you're having trouble sleeping tonight. You can <laughs> up. Fuck and I was really looking forward to that as well. I was really looking forward to it, and it was just a snoozer. Yeah.
0: Well, I'm sure, they'll have another one soon. Maybe it'll be better.
1: It probably will be. Yeah. Right, there we go. We're on Spotify. Listen to us on Spotify, don't forget. Yeah. yeah. We're on we'll Stitcher. We're on iTunes. We're on chairshotpodcast.com if you just want to download the MP3s and sort out yourself.
0: Or send us a mail. You could send us a mail. Via oh, place. I have an email, by the way. Let me read out real
1: quick yeah very quickly don't worry it'll it'll be a quick one okay sorry i I forgot we forgot to write emails on the on the gimmick uh i have an email from scott the boy mcavoy uh subject predictions i had you make for last year so it's uh scott's prediction game so scott if you want to send us new predictions for this year i don't know if you have already but uh you can get on that uh good evening here are the predictions i had you make for last year Uh, Number one, will Hulk Hogan be welcomed back into the WWE? Uh, I said yes, Barry said no, Joe said no. So that's a point for me.
0: For food us.
1: Will Impact still be on Pop TV at the end of 2018? All three said yes, points for all. New contract started in January. Mm. Does the winner of the Money in the Bank successfully cash in? All three said yes. Zero points. Oh. Name one male and female who get caught on Black Monday. Paul said Zack Ryder and Tamina. Oh, I wish. Barry said nobody. Joe said Triple H and Paige. <laughs> Two points for Barry. Hell yeah. Does Ric Flair live to see 2019? Barry. <laughs> Barry said yes. Joe said yes. Paul said no. Points for Barry and Joe. Does the WWE do a women's elimination chamber? Paul and Joe said no. Barry said yes. Point for Barry. Yeah. Does Maurice wrestle again in 2018? All three said no. All three were wrong. Does anyone on the NXT roster as of the 12th of or excuse me, the the did they hear it backwards American way? On the 31st <laughs> of December 2017, win a WWE title in 2018. All three said yes. Points for all. Who? Paul said Eric Young. Barry said Cien Almos. And Joe said Authors of Pain. So, point for Joe. Point for Joe. And finally, does anyone not in WWE or NXT make the jump straight to the WWE Without a stop in NXT. All three said yes. Points for all. Paul and Barry said Lashley. Joe said Kenny Omega. Point for Paul and Barry. So. <laughs> final scores. Joe. Five points. Paul. Five points. Barry eight points you are a winner so there you go so Scott if you want to send us some more chairshotpodcast.com is where you can go to send an email or any other listeners email us about movies video games the wrestling whatever we have opinions on
0: yeah send us send us thoughts I tell you what before we go quick quick wrestle guff uh, the two out of three falls match between Andrade and Rey Mysterio was better than anything on TakeOver or the Royal Rumble. So I heard. I didn't
1: check that. I heard it was great. Oh,
0: God. They're, bo- they're both so fucking good. Ring I was inside. waiting
1: for Rey to do Destroyer and the Rumble and he didn't do it.
0: Now you gotta watch SmackDown, buddy. Anyway. Uh, next week, I will be here again, baby. I'm a traveling man. I'm hard to get a hold of. Uh, I'm <laughs> off up to Belfast for, for OTT, so I will not be I'll not be on the show. Uh, so the lads be here. They will be talking the post Royal Rumble Fallout, not Raw tonight, SmackDown tomorrow, of course, and this various other telly and uh, movie guffs. So enjoy that. And uh, until then, it's goodbye from me, Barry Murphy. I'll talk to you in a few weeks. It's goodbye from Mr. Joe Towner. Goodbye. That's fine. It's goodbye. okay goodbye.